0: Politics podcast: The show for normal Americans from this undisclosed bunker. Here's your host, Tony Reez.
1: Good to see you all. Hope you had a great weekend at your convention. Thank you.
2: I hope I love you, Thank you very much. More more years! More more years! More more years! Four more years! Four more years! Four more years! Four
3: more years! Now, if you
4: want to really drive him crazy,
3: you say, 12 more years.
4: Welcome back to Flower Politic Podcast. It's the 27th of August, year of our Lord, 2020. 3 a.m. in the morning because we got a new puppy. I don't know why we did it at our age. Damn thing's a night owl driving us batshit crazy. Weighs two pounds, it's got 9,000 pounds of attitude. I love that intro clip because you got to stick it in their face. But this podcast is going to mostly be violence, because we got more rioting than we know what to do with. RNC Convention, mostly media, did not do night three. What's the point? It's the same as the other nights. That's it. Sound bites, so less me talky, more me playy, and the first one out of the gates is Nancy Pelosi. We're going to set the table for this, and we're going to wonder why we have so many problems, but... My narrative today is literally twofold. One, we have so much violence because Democratic leaders say fucking horrible things, like I'm about to play. And two, why do they say those horrible things? Well, they say those horrible things because everything's not going as planned, just like in 2016. Understand. Biden did not get a bump off his convention. The polls are one part, one point apart. And Nate Silver himself says the red states or the swing states look exactly like 2016. Because they're out in the street beating and killing people and nobody on the left, well, other than Cuomo and Lemon we'll see today all of a sudden, are saying, hey, it needs to stop. Their fucking radical agenda is turning off America. And I'm guaranteeing this soundbite went over like a turd in the punch bowl and those. Sw-
5: trying to interfere in our election. But they're not the only ones. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and our honoring our Constitution are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with their allies in the Congress of the United States. But again, let's just get out there and mobilize, organize, and not uh, let the president deter anybody uh, from voting. And again, support the postal system, which is election election central. They're doing everything they can. Suppress the vote uh, with your actions. Scare people, intimidate by saying law enforcement will be there. Uh, uh, Diminish the role of of the postal system in all of this. It's really actually shameful. Enemies of the state.
4: You have brown shirts tearing up cities again. We have more rioting in fucking Minneapolis for fuck's sake. But no, it's Republicans. Paul B., we are crossing the Rubicon with this kind of rhetoric. This is what TDS looks like. Nervous Nancy is a severe case of it. Pelosi's unhinged rhetoric is meant to divide. Election Central, your drunk lunatic, is the polls. She's scared and pissed because she knows November 3rd isn't going to end well for her. She's already stated that if you're against their movement, you may be collateral damage. And she's okay with that. That's the House Speaker. Could you imagine Boehner or someone like that saying it? Republicans, of course, called it out. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, in 2016, they called you deplorables. Now Nancy Pelosi calls all Republicans domestic enemies. Never forget They despise you, and the worst part is they don't even try to hide it. She doesn't think Dana Loesch, Nancy Pelosi calls Republicans' enemy of the state, but Anifa attacking people, burning buildings, and trying to blow up an ICE facility. Our people will do what they do. And that's exactly what she said. But they're extreme. Right along this, when I found this fucking tweet somebody put up with her saying it, Jack Probisek. Here is the president of SPLC promoting anti-semite Nick Cannon. Now. Fucking now. After he said all white people are animals. Animals. We're we're animals. Remember that? You're all animals. And that's supposed to be the group that's going out and finding fucking all the hate groups. The problem is, everything that doesn't coincide with the left's form of crazy at the time is a hate group. We show it on the show all the time. Todd in Oregon sent me a whole bunch of stuff. I'd like to thank you there. That's my longest friend. Talk to each other years later. And this is an email that he got. Interesting numbers. Love them or loathe them. These numbers help explain why these last eight years prior to Donald, Trump, Donald J. Trump were disasters for the USA. I read the last item and then looked at Trump's cabinet. No wonder Washington, D.C. is in turmoil. Trump picks their bosses who expect their employees to work. These are eye-opening numbers. This is what bothers a lot of people about Trump. These ten states now have more people on welfare than they employ. California, New York, or excuse me, New Mexico, Mississippi, Alabama in South Carolina. That makes sense. Last month, the Senate Budget Committee reports that in fiscal year 2012, between food stamps, housing support, child care, Medicaid, and other benefits, the average U.S. household below the poverty line received $168 a day in government support. That's over $50,000. That's more than most of us make, and they prove it statistically. Number three, check the last set of statistics. The percentage of each past president's cabinet who had worked in the private business sector prior to this appointment to the cabinet. You know what the private sector is. Here are the percentages. Eisenhower, 57. Nixon, 53. Reagan, 56. Bush, 51. GW, Bush, 55. Trump, 90. Obama, 8. Clinton, 39. Carter, 32. They, they don't get people that worked and right when i get this from him there's an article hungry new yorkers form quarter mile line for free food in queens because they're still closed they don't want to this will get them the presidency if they keep up the covid lie when the death rate's still under three-tenths of a percentage point. But, you know, science and shit. Science. We're not covering COVID today. There was some stuff that came on at COVID. There's the fact that CDC is saying we're testing too many people and we really don't need it. And that herd mentality is already... Not saying you should go out and lick a fucking toilet. I'm just saying it's not working well for the Dems. Then we get Republican Jews. Most violent big cities in America, and who's run them? St. Louis, 75 years Democrats. Detroit, 58 years Democrats. Baltimore, 53 years Democrat. From now on, the years are all Democrat. Just understand that. Memphis, Tennessee, 55 years. Camden, 84. Flint, 46. Kansas City, 41. Milwaukee, 112 fucking years. Minneapolis, 64, Oakland, 100, Minneapolis, 47, Atlantic City, 53, Chicago, 89 years, Houston, 30, and more. McKinsport, Pennsylvania, run by Democrats for 87, Flint, Michigan, run by Democrats for 90. He doubled that up, so I, I don't know which number he means to say. Little Rock, 65, Wilmington, 47, Rockford, 47, North Adams, Massachusetts, 96. Trent, New Jersey, 30 years Democrat. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, 38. Nashville, 60 fucking years Democrat control. And New Orleans. Where supposedly George Bush went out there with the Sapper team and blew up the dike to kill people during Katrina. After he willed the Hurricane Shore hundred and forty seven fucking years hundred and forty seven that's a long fucking time boys and girls long time which brings us to laura landfall i meant to do this an extremely dangerous category 4 storm, hurricane updates. Uh, it made landfall last night. We're getting it by Saturday morning. Um, batter. They're saying a 20-foot surge. The surge is unsurvivable. But where it was going to land in Texas, they were literally saying a lot of people didn't bail. So... God be with those people, and if you're in the path, pay attention, because it's still like, by Friday evening, um, Friday evening, Saturday morning, we're still going to have 35 mile an hour winds off us, where I live, and that's inland, that's 500 miles inland, Um, so be safe. Fairness, CNN and MSDNC must show 90% of the GOP convention, because if you go back and do the actual times for Democrats, MSNBC did 550 minutes. CNN, 525. ABC, 200. NBC, 190. CBS, 170. C-SPAN's the only one that aired everything, and that's how I watched it. And during it you had things like this from Rachel Maddow. We're actually not interrupting. We're going back right to it. We're just having a moment. Sorry. Right back. Sorry. And they showed every video, everything and it's always the same. It's always the fucking same. It never fucking changes. Republican convention they don't show shit. Democratic convention they show fucking everything. Everything. Then we had the whole God thing that we talked about last time. Trump, now they're trying to deny this, but they can't. Steve Guest was what he retweeted. Under God was removed from the pledge. Jim Acosta, this is false. Then Trump put it out there that Trump took out, uh, you know, they took out God. They didn't say it. Snopes, mostly false. The Democrats drop under God for pledge. Alex Griswold, as word of this claim that Snopes found to be mostly false, appears to be true. Mostly false. <clears throat> he continues, like if someone was claiming the DNC never said under God or something, yeah, that's false. But the DNC omitted the phrase under God from the Pledge of Allegiance in 2020 is a true statement. They did. Logan Dobson, exhibit 10 million and why conservatives... Don't trust fact-checkers. AP fact-checker. Trump claimed the Democrats have been a god for the Pledge of Allegiance distorts what happened. It was included in the pledge recited on all four convention nights and admitted during caucuses. Trump's distortion on Dems in the pledge. He's lying. Mark Hemingway, this kind of fact checks are misleading garbage. What Trump said was essentially accurate, but because he didn't include all possible exculpatory context, he gets dinged. I didn't vote for him. So think of a new retort says, so this isn't a fact check. It's our enemy always is wrong. And Stephen Miller. So you're basically saying it was a minute because it was Twitter did a Twitter moment. Uh, is biased fact checker, the DNC did not remove the phrase under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. Snopes and PolitiFact confirm. No, they didn't. They said it was mostly false. And then something that really was interesting, Twitter support, Black Lives Matter, gay pride. <laughs> That's in their fucking bio. That's their bio. How do you put that in your bio if you're supposed to be objective? Anybody? And then an amazing fucking thing happened. They had a meeting in the house. They didn't say under God.
6: The chair will lead the house in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance
3: to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
4: Somehow they didn't fact check that. Hmm. And then Michael Tracy did something that was very interesting. Did anyone notice that nobody brought up Trump's impeachment at the Dem Convention for historical importance of the time, but apparently didn't even warrant a mention? And it's true. They never once talked about this president was impeached. Then we have somebody, Captain America. Am I the only one who sees Death to America in the DNC logo? And it literally is D2 and the picture of America in a circle, which I don't know why they thought that up. We still have postal. share. I'd read the screen. She's just all in on this postal shit. I'm not, yeah, she tried to do a volunteer day, save the post office, was a nationwide action, Saturday, August twenty. 20- down bites from it they literally found a machine in a parking lot ah, jesus christ
7: mr dejoy here's what your so-called reforms have done to my district in 70 days a lady named elena roser paid five dollars on july 22nd to send a certified letter to the nashville tennessee social security office the distance is 20 miles the letter took 12 days to arrive Just this morning, excellent reporting from Nashville's Channel 5 TV proves that Nashville's mail trucks are being forced to leave on schedule even when completely empty. Imagine it 53 foot trucks forced to travel hundreds of miles completely empty due to your so called reforms. Here are the truck records. That's not efficiency, that's insanity. For anyone thinking of voting absentee, the effect of your policies is to unilaterally move up Election Day from November 3rd to something like October 27th. And if you force more empty trucks on the highway, you will be able to single-handedly move up Election Day even earlier. According to NPR, already 550,000 primary ballots, absentee ballots, were rejected in just 30 states. And one of the main reasons was late delivery. How dare you disenfranchise so many voters when you told the Senate committee just last week that you had a sacred duty to protect election mail? You know that it's a felony for a postal service officer or employee to delay delivery of mail. A postal employee can be fined or imprisoned for up to five years for delaying the mail, but somehow you can delay all the mail and get away with it? They can be prosecuted, but you can't, even if your actions are a million times worse? Mr. DeJoy, do you have a duty to obey U.S. law like every other American? I do, sir. Well, previous Postmasters General have been punished for much smaller conflicts of interest than yours. In 1997, the 70th Postmaster General Marvin Runyon from Tennessee had to pay $25,000 $27,000 because of a $350,000 conflict of interest. If your $30 million conflict of interest, 100 times larger than Mr. Runyon's, were treated like your predecessors, you would have to pay a $2.7 million fine and probably be ousted from being Postmaster General. So Mr. DeJoy, are you above the law that applies to other Postmasters General? Um, I, I don't agree with the premise.
8: I'm full, in full compliance with all ethical requirements uh, that, that I need to have. And there's an OIG investigation, and I welcome the result of that report.
7: Well, Mr. Joy, as a mega-donor for the Trump campaign, you were picked, along with Michael Cohen and Elliot Broidy, two men who have already pled guilty to felonies, to be the three deputy finance chairman of the Republican National Committee. Did you pay back several of your top executives for contributing to Trump's campaign by bonusing or rewarding them? That's an outrageous claim,
8: sir, and I resent it.
7: I'm just asking a question. The answer is no. So you did not bonus or reward any of your executives? No, no. Anyone that you solicited for a contribution to the Trump campaign? No, sir. Not in whole or in part?
8: To, to be uh, uh, actually, I, uh, during the Trump campaign, I wasn't even working at my company anymore.
7: Well, we want to make sure that campaign contributions well, are legal. So all your campaign I'm contributions are fully aware. Are legal. Well,
8: I'm fully aware of ca- illegal, legal campaign contributions.
7: Well, what if you resent
8: the assertion? So what well, are you accusing me of?
7: Well, I'm asking a question. Do your mail delays fit Trump's campaign goal of hurting the post office, as stated in his tweets?
9: I'm
7: Are not, your mail I'm delays not, I'm implicit campaign contributions? I'm not, gonna, I'm not
8: contribution? to these types of questions. I'm here, I'm here to represent the Postal Service. It has nothing to do with – all my actions have to do with improvement in the Postal Service.
7: May this Am I the be-
8: only one in this room that understands that we have a $10 billion a year loss – Right, am I the only will, one in this room? Will that you give, this, has committee, the OIG will you that give this committee
7: up? your communications with Mark Meadows, with Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, Go ahead with the President? Do that. Mr. DeJoy, is your backup plan to be pardoned like Roger Stone? Oh God. <laughs> pitiful. You have two seconds to answer the question.
8: I have no comments on that. It's I worth see the my comment. time has
7: expired. Gentlemen, not the time worth is a
8: comment.
10: Re- 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 expired, uh, Representative. The gentleman from. Everyone, how to
0: walk around? We we are at the USPS Patterson location. Where behind me, you can see a graveyard of mail sorting pieces. They're just large pieces of machinery that have been yanked out. You can see some of the cords are just. There you go. They were just cut. In addition to that, there's also a dumpster right there. And according to an employee that works across the way, they tell me that that dumpster has been filled three times since last week with parts and pieces of what we're being told are the
2: mail sorting machine. We'll have more updates for you coming up tonight at 5 and 6 on Wood TV.
4: AG confer- Conservative sums up the last one. Several Dems use their. The, this video a few days ago is evidence to support their baseless conspiracy about USPS somehow helping Trump rig the election. But the machine in this video are fl- like magazines, not normal mail or ballots, and they were extras. And then somebody did my favorite media thing Robert J. Riley. I believe these are Robo Bullets. Can anyone confirm Hashtag Ferguson and their earplugs? Journalists are experts. They're just experts. Just experts. So before we go into violent left with a new bumper today we have some pre-things. First we have the pre-RNC canceling of speakers like Sandman and the McCloskeys and Seltzer saying how important it is to fact check we must break in and fact check god damn it we must break in and fact check and then lemon and cuomo lemon literally says you need to be deprogrammed for you're able to vote because you don't think like them
11: and the television network's gonna have interesting choices to make interesting decisions to make about whether to cut away if there's this stream of disinformation happening live Now, I can tell you, uh, Daniel Dale, CNN's fact checker, he will be standing by. I think you will see him in prime time here on CNN, providing fact checks when necessary. But I also think we're going to see asymmetry in the way Fox covers the convention. Right, The 9 p.m. hour, Hannity was live during the Democrats, not really showing the Democratic convention. I suspect he will show a lot more of the Republican convention. Right Here was the scene on Fox when uh, CNN and MSNBC were showing the Democratic campaign ads. And look, I get it, they were campaign ads. Uh, but there's an asymmetry in the political universe. And sometimes it's called asymmetrical polarization, where there's more extreme behavior going on on the right than on the left. There is an asymmetry in our media as well, where Fox is off there on the right uh, in ways that, that other networks are not, in the middle or on the left. And what we are seeing currently in our political system in America is asymmetrical lying where one side does it a whole lot more than the other, where one leader and his followers mislead the public a lot more than the other side. And if we don't tell that story truthfully and honestly, then we're part of the problem. Then we end up misleading people as well. Let's talk a lot more about this, because I think that's going to be really important in the days to come. Uh, What is going to happen? How are the networks going to handle a stream of disinformation? One DNC down, one RNC to go. And what we are going to see in the next few days is a truth imbalance. Because if we've learned anything from the Trump years, it's that there's a a real likelihood, there's a real forecast of lies coming fast and furious from the president and, sadly, from many of his allies uh, in these speeches, in these videos, in these events that we are about to witness. There's a real difference, there's a real contrast in how much lying and and deception takes place between uh, Trump world in other parts of the political universe. I don't think we can play with too broad a brush here, Democrats versus Republicans, but it's definitely Trump world versus other political leaders. I think it's something called asymmetric lying. I mean, look at this. This is from the DNC, a CNN fact-checking team led by Daniel Dale, checked out the DNC speeches. Here's the the review of the first two nights saying, look, uh, the major speakers mostly spoke in generalities, but when they did make assertions of facts, they have been largely accurate. The the checking of Biden's speech on Thursday found pretty much the same thing. But at the RNC, at the Republican convention starting Monday, we can expect a grievance convention where speakers will rant and rave against the media. We know that there are going to be right-wing Internet celebrities, uh, kind of straight off Fox News, uh, speaking at this uh, virtual or partly in-person convention. I think we can expect, sadly, misinformation about voting, which is going to put news outlets in tough positions about when to interrupt, when to fact-check, and how. There's probably also going to be headlines about COVID-19 and safety concerns, uh, since the president really wants to have a crowd. He wants to have an audience, some type of audience, uh, when he is speaking. And we know that he will be speaking in some fashion every night. CNN now reporting he plans to speak in some form every night in the 10 p.m. hour. Now, the 10 p.m. hour is when the broadcast networks uh, carry the conventions live, Of course, CNN and MSNBC carry the 9 p.m. hour of the Democratic Convention live as well. And that's going to be the plan. But there are discussions in newsrooms about how to handle what is likely to be a stream of lying.
0: I'm going to ask you about some of our uh, data that we just got. CBS News has a battleground tracker out, and it's showing a big divide between how Republicans view the U.S. response to the coronavirus and how the majority of voters see it. 73% of Republicans say it's going well. 38% of all voters say it's going well by comparison. Then 57% of Republicans say the number of dead is acceptable at 170,000 people. 33% of independents say it's acceptable, just 10% of Democrats. How could that number be acceptable and why is there such a big divide between how Republicans see it and how the majority of people do?
5: Well, I think that is a really unfair poll and and of course there is nobody in this country there is nobody starting with the President of the United States who wants to see people uh, pass away from this global pandemic that came here from China not being honest from the WHO failing in their one duty their one duty to identify a pandemic and they failed the global community but let's be honest Republicans do do not want to see people suffering from this pandemic. We have all been affected by this. This is not a Republican or Democrat issue. So you say say that number number is acceptable? Do no, of course not, Margaret. This is a global pandemic. Nobody wants to see somebody die from this. I have, fr- have had friends die from this. The report, though,
0: also was critical of your old agency, the FBI. It said your bureau should have done more to alert DNC officials that Russian hackers had accessed their servers. Why didn't the FBI do this? This was a national security threat happening under the nose of the FBI. I want to ask you about a tweet you sent this week. Uh, You sent out a picture of yourself wearing a T-shirt that said, uh, you know, more women should be elected, more votes for women. Of course, it is the, the week honoring ratification of the 19th Amendment. But it drew this response that we just put up for our viewers from Hillary Clinton, who is just sort of making a smirk. Um, I know she said in the past that she thought she was on the verge of winning in 2016 until you reopened that email investigation.
12: But some people might look at this and think that, that it's curious, the lineup that Ryan just went through here. Um, we know that we can assume what some of the intentions are of some of the people that will speak, right? I mean, when you talk about Alice Johnson, who President Trump commuted her sentence, mostly speaking to criminal justice reform, when you've got the McCloskeys, most likely going to expect that there will be a Second Amendment conversation there. Um, What is the value? And I'm I'm really not being flippant. I'm curious. What is the value of Nick Sandman? Yeah. Well, look,
3: (laughs) Nick Sandman, for those who don't remember, um, was involved in – Kind of a one- or two-day story, frankly, where he got into a confrontation with some protesters. There were accusations of racism. Uh, further investigation suggested that it wasn't quite as bad as had been first portrayed and so forth. And then he sued news organizations for making him look bad. It touches on a lot of what the Trump base wants to hear about, that racism accusations are overblown, uh, that the media is in on it, that uh, p- people who are just kind of going about their business trying to be good Americans are being unfairly maligned. But but these are all very small questions, Christy. That's, that's the thing that is striking. We're going to be on the small screen because of the pandemic and the fact that everybody has to watch this at home. means that we're going to be on, on a small screen. And the president and the programming for this, this convention seems to be a series of these little kind of one-day stories uh, that have taken on some life in the world of, of Trump supporters and Fox News viewers and they want to sort of uh, rehash all of those and kind of stoke the fires of grievance and, and pull together his base around these kind of momentary uh, bits of anger that have accumulated over the last few years. But the problem with that, of course, is that there are much, much bigger problems out there. Uh, there, there are much bigger issues than whether or not Nick Sandman was treated fairly by the media, uh, to say the least. And so, uh, you know, they, like I said, they've, they've got a lot of work ahead of them. If they think they're going to take people's minds off the major problems that are actually confronting us
12: okay but what does it mean for people in the middle who may not have been able to decide what they're going to do yet they loved maybe the character conversation of the dnc but they didn't hear enough policy though certainly the expectation is going to hear some policy here can he do anything to attract someone other than his base and is there any indication that he will try
3: he, he, he almost never does that. He almost never does that. He didn't do it in Cleveland in 2016. He hasn't done it in the, the three and a half years since then. I'd be very surprised if he does make a genuine, serious effort to reach beyond his base.
13: Brittany, uh, what does it say that, we are, that the Republican National Convention is going to feature a felonious couple that was waving guns
14: at pro, peaceful protesters? In front of their home, uh, and then, you know, network executives are going to have to decide whether they're actually going to show them. But what does it say that they're even being given a platform?
9: It says that Donald Trump wants to give permission to the people who intend to harm us. And the people
15: who are doing that are now going to be held up as a paragon of American values. They are going to be held up as the very people that everyone watching the RNC who plans to vote for Donald Trump should be ready to emulate. And let's connect the dots here. They're not just going to be ready to emulate them between now and November. I am very, very worried about the fact that given all of the uh, invalorations Validating uh, rhetoric that Donald Trump has used about this election, attempting to undermine election results before we even get them, that he is readying his people for violent mutiny if the results don't go his
16: way.
14: If I had a real friend who was uh, involved in a cult, which I feel it is cultish behavior, I must try to help them. And you can only go so, so far until you say, until you reach bottom. I cannot deal with it. It's like an addiction. Until you reach bottom and you want help, I can't deal with it. Here's where, here's how I feel about this. I don't care about whether you're right or left. I've been right. I was a young Republican and I I left. I'm an independent now and I'm an independent thinker and I believe in reality. I believe in facts. I believe one plus one equals two. And so when I'm talking to people who not are smart but who think they are smart, there's a difference between being smart and thinking you're smart, then I have to, i got to let you go. That's like the, a, 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 per, a person who is unknowledgeable about what a rich person is thinks that Donald Trump is a definition of what a rich person is. It is not. Most wealthy people I know are the most generous people you ever want to meet. The smartest people you ever want to meet. Most. There are um, There are outliers. But most of them are, and most of them realize that they got where they are because the grace of God, go I. Because they had an opportunity and they took advantage of it, and some of it was luck. But I cannot deal with people who think that... Donald Trump is a definition of what a rich person looks like, who's not even as wealthy as he says, who's not a good businessman, who lies to them all the time, who gets them to vote against their own interests, Who people who believe the the lies coming out of this president's mouth, and then they repeat them back as talking points. I can't deal with that. This is not about ideology. This is about truth. So... What we need to deal with in this country now, we need to, in order for us to come together and be able to really talk and stop castigating each other and stop saying, ah, ah, I'm not going to, we, we all need to have uh, an idea and a common perception of what reality is and what facts are. And we don't have that now because the current person who's in office attacks institutions, attacks reality, attacks truth, attacks facts because they don't line up with them. He is no, He's no truth. He started off by saying, you know, the first, he, he got his political career by saying the first black president wasn't born in this country. That was a lie. It wasn't a fact. The fact is, he was born in this country. He started off by saying he's a great businessman. The fact is, he's not. He has been in, um, he's had to file for bankruptcy more than what, like a half, about, about a half dozen times or so. And if he had just saved, according to the experts, the money that he inherited from his father, he'd have more wealth than he has now. So he lies to people and they believe it. And so what is that? Cultish behavior and I think a lot of people need to be deprogrammed right now before they cast their next
17: ballot. Well, it's Come hard through. to agree on solutions when you can't agree.
4: Now remember that sound bite when we get to it because we're going straight in to violent left and we're going to go in with Portland because nothing has changed and no drowning pools, body hit the what the left is doing. It's literally what's happening.
2: No! I've
0: had
14: two abortions. What's that? I don't give a fuck. It's my body. It's my- realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men. Most of them radicalized, right to the right.
17: All punches are not equal, morally.
6: the black people the n-word on Twitter. I have evidence, so it's kind of hypocritical of him for taking up this fight right now. to manipulate people to think
2: that this is the way. No, this is not the way. This is not the way we think this country This is the way. The, the way we think the is people learning have to disagree without disrespect. That's why that's the consequence for what's right we're here to stand peacefully we're not here to shut them down they have as much right but if they want to turn violent against the public and the people that elected these elected officials that are turning around and put the political police first guess what we're going to stand for the people if no one will we will Amen. we're going to stand here. So the the fucking the, the counter protesters just threw a a firework that blew up. Continuing to shoot a ton of paintballs. Spray a ton of mace. Just see like a mace grenade.
1: This is the police bureau. Our priorities are the preservation of life and safety and the protection of
18: everyone's first amendment right to speech and assembly.
4: We start with Ted Wheeler. A demonstration is scheduled to take place from noon to 3 p.m. today at Terry Shrunk Plaza. A counter demonstration is anticipated. We ask those we be present a Peaceful Exercise the First one Right. Neither hate speech nor violence are welcome in Portland. Yamar Jimenez. This is the moment a gun was pulled by far-right demonstrators. Alan Swinney pulls a gun on the crowd. Mayor Wheeler. The Portland Police Bureau will be monitoring the primary objective's life safety. Please adhere to these... T- Trump supporters and BLM protesters dialogue. Alan Sweeney threatens to mace. Alan Sweeney tells BLM protesters, you're all going to get maced. Andy NGO is our truth-sayer. Because once again, we have graphic proof that they leave every night. journalists the only journalists on the ground are conservative leaning because they show the peaceful and then they kid up and go home we have only one example of difference and that's from kenosha which we'll get to in a second which is another crock of shit brought on by the media as cnn and they're the ones saying peaceful Anti-NGO. Mass Antifa right-wing brawl at Justice Center. Numerous conservative groups held a pro-police rally but it was crashed by Antifa who threw eggs, rocks, bricks, feces, and urine. Both sides pepper sprayed each other and that's another mass brawl Downtown Portland, Proud Boys and other right wing groups rush in and fight Anafah or push back. Bat, sticks, pepper spray. Anafah reinforcers arrive the and they move in, pushing the right wingers back in the street battle outside the Justice Center. Sergio Omas. To note, police declared unlawful assembly after Trump supporters left. Feds came out and dispersed. Portland City Commissioner now saying the BLM protesters who beat Adam Hain are proven to not be protesters. That's an odd thing to say because they came from the protest, chanted BLM slogans, and have been seen in the protest areas. All weeks, for, or excuse me, four weeks. Her tweet, fact check, the statement included the incident where a truck driver was beaten up after an altercation with a protester, which has been proven false. The driver was attacked by several individuals. Example of one of the many of the press covering Antifa in Portland and sending the narrative for national media in D.C. and New Yorker who aren't on the ground. Black Trans Lives Matter. She, her, abolitionist, anti fascist, independent. Andy, some more. There will likely be a lot of violence in downtown. Anafah from all over are mobilizing for this. Please do not have the resource together. Rose City Anafah is organizing violence for Saturday. Call for solidarity. This Saturday at noon in the area around front of an injustice center, there are multiple far-right anti-BLM mini-events scheduled to happen. Simultaneously, anti-fascist community members will be out to monitor and oppose the fascists. Yeah, here's Andy. Here's just normal protest and never stop And before we get into Kenosha, here are incidents where Denver and Minnesota were having issues again with people attacking cops. pool, because a lot of people with Kenosha are saying maybe this is the call. Part of me inside of me is saying, yeah, maybe we do need to crack skulls to make this stop. But we are on the precipice of civil disrest or unrest where people normal people start pushing the fuck back and I don't think the left wants that I know the media doesn't because we're going to hear a lot of clips today of people starting to realize they thought this was helping their cause it's not so we're going in drowning pool and you'll come in to our first of many sound bites on the shooting In Kenosha.
19: Let the body sit the floor, let the body hit the floor, let the body hit the floor, let the body hit the
0: Welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast with Tony Reid.
19: Obama said at the DNC convention, that these kind of demonstrations are peaceful protesters. I just want to challenge everyone out here in America right now, whether you're left or right, none of that matters. Does this look like acts commit by peaceful protesters? Use your brain, people. Here's the cash register. They went ballistic on. Took every cent, every penny. Well, not every penny. I guess they left about maybe huh. Maybe about a dollar 25 left. They were that generous. When 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 will these actions commit be condemned? Because this is unacceptable. How many more how many more American locations, cities, towns, businesses are going to get dealt with like this? When is this going to be condemned? Here's another one. There are the concrete slabs that these rioters were conveniently using. To decimate this building. Here's some more uh, evidence of peaceful protesting, Mr. Barack Obama. More evidence. Joke. It's business. Read it. Hernandez reporting live uh, from Wisconsin Uh, just got done covering this entire riot Um, they set garbage trucks on fire Uh, they went toe-to-toe with the police in front of the courthouse Uh, they attempted they attempted uh, to set um, a museum on fire they set a car dealership on fire Uh, multiple cars Um, it almost set a church ablaze um, but the fire department has put it out. Um, this, this was uh, pretty extreme uh, because of the shooting that took place today. Uh, I'm sure an investigation will take place, but uh, it seems Black Lives Matter rioters did not wait for that. Um, they were chanting Black Lives Matter uh, over and over and over again. Um, and here is uh, some of the aftermath uh, from last night. Um, I did post real-time clips of these buildings uh, being rioted, looted, vandalized, obviously, uh, and there is their mark right there. They have marked their territory. Black lives matter. So, uh, and they were chanting this throughout the entire riot. Um, this this is just one. This is just one building. Um, this isn't the the entire area. There there are multiple businesses around here. Uh, You saw all the footage that was getting completely rioted, uh, looted, excuse me, looted and vandalized. This is the devastation of a Black Lives Matter riot.
4: So that's Drew Hernandez talking about what's going on there. There's even a video of the 17-year-old shooter. What are you doing out here? Obviously, you're armed, and uh, you're in front of this business we saw burning last night. So what's up? So people
20: are getting injured, and our job is to protect this business. And part of my job is also help so If there's somebody hurt,
21: I'm running into harm's way. That's why I have my right. I protect myself, obviously. So my
4: men care. By the time we're done... There was literally a state of emergency. The governor, Jacob Blake, was shot in the back. Both the times, broad daylight in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kathy and I joined the family, friends, and neighbors, and hoping earnestly they will not succumb to his injuries. He hasn't. While we do not have all the details yet, we know for certain is that he's not the first black man or person to have been shot or injured, mercilessly killed at the hands of individual and law enforcement the state or country, and that's it. That's just fucking it. He lists everything, and he just digs it up digs it up, this dude is a fucking douche nozzle. We're talking straight up douche nozzle. He's not a good guy. He's not a person that wasn't having problems. He was wanted for sexual assault of a child. There is video evidence to show Kenosha shooting victim charged shooter using N-word while taunting militia members. Because the shooter was just trying to defend himself. That's all he was trying to do in his property. But to stay on the same apple, Jacob Blake had knife and carb, but was lock? That's the U.S.A. today. Otherwise unarmed. Dan O'Donnell... Uh Wisconsin Department of Justice confirms Jacob Blake was armed with a knife and when Kenosha police officers shot him, officers called the scene after a female caller reported that a during the incident officers attempted to arrest Blake, age twenty-nine. They deployed a taser to attempt to stop Blake. However, the taser was not successful. During the investigation following this incident, Blake admitted that he had a knife in his possession. DCI agents recovered a knife from the driver's side floorboard of Mr. Blake. The knife as they followed him around the car, they then opened the door and lunged or something as the officer grabbed the back of his shirt and fired. Blake was either lunging for the knife on the floorboard or it fell from his hand, he was lunging, lunging, but they lie so much. If you go back to even the shooter, which we're going to break down more than the actual shooting, they didn't tell the truth. So when you don't tell the truth, people go buck crazy last night, just make sure I cover it. Riots and looting break out in Minneapolis after a murder suspect commits suicide. The police had to release a video. Here it is. I'm playing it. and We're just going to listen to it live because it's easier than me downloading and shit. But he didn't kill himself. Or the cops didn't kill him. But they didn't know that because every time we turn around, we get the unarmed fucking protester. Uh, This is going to be a pain in my ass, isn't it? It's not going to play it. It's not going to play it. Let me refresh the page. Every time time I want to... it, It just goes butt crazy. There we go. Okay, so I downloaded the video. So let's go over here to the download folder. Let's find it. Where the fuck is it? Where are you at? Well, this is a really good podcast. We got dead air. Dead fucking air. Here it goes.
7: When you go to Chipotle,
4: and I love Chipotle. And I'll keep going. Oh, fuck me upside down and running. Every time I... Do, Here we go Oh, this is a riot they're attacking the target that rebuilt itself building videos going batshit crazy Yeah But that's because we don't put out truth We never tell the truth in these incidents. We say unarmed black man. He wasn't unarmed. He was reaching for a fucking knife. So, in our current political world, the cop is just supposed to sit there and fucking die. Because, you know, we don't like done. They have destroyed Kenosha for three Fucking days. Kitty Shackleford, a liberal. The violent mob is still throwing objects at the officers. Report that it was a brick thrown at an officer in the first clip. Window broken out of police cursor in Kenosha. Officers moving people back to flashlights. Laura Linder. Tear gas just deployed by law enforcement at Kenosha Station. This is all a response to a man who police say was seriously injured in an officer involved shooting. Molly Beck. Video taken by an onlooker appear to show the man walking away from police who have firing pointed at him. The man then attempted to get in the vehicle, at which point at least one officer opened fire because he'd already had problems with the goddamn police. They did a short statement. They wouldn't release the whole video. A.J. Batpour, Kenosha police release say the man they shot tonight was flown to Fort dirt in serious condition. He's fine. A protest is happening now. A domestic incident turned into an officer-involved shooting. An NGO, Jacob Blake, the man shot by police in Kenosha, has a history of assaulting police. He's also past charged for domestic abuse and sex crimes. There's a warrant for his arrest for sexually assaulting a girl. But they destroyed the city anyway. Rioters destroyed... Dilophosaurus statue outside the Kenosha Dinosaur Discovery Museum well not a slave owning dinosaur the Dilophosaurus with a brain the size of a walnut does routinely score higher on SATs than the average BLM thug David Cole says other people joked how dare you that dinosaur was known white supremacist he enslaved millions of blacks by himself and he would eat the slaves that didn't pick cotton fast it's pretty much true just pretty much true it's just crazy. I'm playing it all. I'm playing it the fuck all. There's a BLM protester blocking a road. Uh, Kenosha night one. Kenosha night two. Kenosha night three. And then we're going to play the blue on blue shooting and break that shit down. I'm ready
2: to die for what I believe in. But if you come and run me over, that, that'll be what it is. So I can ask for you guys. Those that have been watching the don't
18: have comments.
2: So, Kenosians have, uh, here, In general.
12: Some people will actually try to change the uh, presentation, but it's not vertech. It's a vertech presentation. <coughs> you never have enough dilation to to unless you have a real huge mass dilation to deliver an intact calvary. Right. So if you do it. So I mean, there are that can be So they can convert
6: to breach for example exactly, at the start of the
12: Exactly, and,
16: and we've been that. Yeah.
17: has there ever been a case where you have to change the presentation in order to get intact fetal tissue? Yeah. No. Okay, and when you said we've been pretty successful with that, um, you're talking about we as in including you, correct? Uh,
22: Vague. You're talking about back to the clip that we just watched? Do you
17: know what I'm talking about?
5: I believe you're asking the sentence that I just said in the clip.
17: Yeah, where you said we've been pretty successful at that?
5: Yes, I was referring to BPLA.
17: Including you?
12: Yes, including me. I worked at PPLA. Okay.
2: That's right, man.
4: man that we heard is guarding his property he has a guy come at him with a gun and point it so he defends himself and shoots his fucking arm off. The media say unarmed man again and he's holding a flare gun they're saying but it's a revolver he had a fucking gun then a mob of BLM thugs chase him down, call him racial names, threaten to kill his ass and he double taps two of them and kills them You can hear it all if you go to Twitter and download the videos and paste it together, and here it is.
2: There. Hey, this is
18: fire on me. Here's the
2: way i What the? That was not me! I just had saved you! come hey. on! <laughs> hey,
3: look at me. Keep him right there. We're coming out to you. We got ready for a bear cat. We're going out to you.
2: Back up. Back Back The whole. Wait, where are
18: you? Where? The He's right here in
2: out. his head, in his head. Come on, put pressure, put pressure. Oh, 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 pressure, pressure. Come on, Come your pressure. Hey, control. keep your eyes open, some... hey, keep, your eyes open. keep your eyes open. You shot him? I didn't, I him! you're okay. You're okay. me, talk to pressure on this Yeah, gotta keep him alive. Just talk to me, bro. What's Wait, where are you? Where the is he's right here Olá in up. his head. In his head. Oh, oh, brusher, oh, 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 Come Second on. Put pressure. Put pressure. keep your eyes open. Keep Ta- your eyes open. You shot him. I didn't. you're okay. Hey, you're okay. gotta keep him alive. Just talk to me, bro. Hey, what do you do? you do? What 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 What's oh, the matter? Yeah.
18: the We just yeah. Yeah. Yo, yo. Go the I'm not
2: we got this to stick on Yo. I'm no you are. Like. me, nigga. Shoot me, I'm going to I'm going to make it. on me? me?
18: Hey,
2: hey.
9: Hey. What's on me? on me? on me? What's on me?
2: What's on me? What's on me? on me? What the f... <sighs> oh. Oh. Minute! This, that was not me! I just had saved hey, you.
3: Keep him right there. We're coming out to you. We got ready for our cat.
4: We're coming out to you.
2: Back it up! Back it up! Back it up! Back it up!
4: literally was gonna happen it's eventually gonna happen in kenosha they got sick of it they started putting guns on roofs they did the korean thing and the uh la riots and this was going to happen. But every night our media kits the fuck up. They go home and they play soundbites like the following. You're going to hear a soundbite of them defending the rioters. There'll be a short break. And then you're going to hear a guy say fiery but mostly peaceful. That's the Chiron on CNN last night.
13: I saw a video today that struck me. It was, it was a white business owner of a pizzeria in Wisconsin that, that had been uh, destroyed. Uh, it, it looked like it, all the glass had been broken and he was pleading with the protesters, the demonstrators screaming at them, do you want to re-elect Trump? Essentially saying, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to essentially fire up the other side. Do, do you think that's the case? Could that happen? Is there a danger here?
22: Uh, I saw that video, and I, and I think there is a, a danger it 's natural and, and I think Joe Biden, in his statement, uh, tried to walk that line, uh, supporting uh, an aggressive investigation of what does look like a, a, a use of excessive force at the very least in the shooting of this man while his children were in the back seat? How much of a threat was he with his kids in the back seat? I, I think that Biden talked about that, and he said the destruction of property, the violence. Of course, uh, there were there was a very big police presence out there when that
11: 17-year-old went out there. In fact, the 17-year-old was given a water bottle by police, uh, some of whom considered it to be helpful to have these
22: vigilantes out there in the streets doing this. It does seem, as we sit here tonight, like an inevitable outgrowth of what's been happening with Trump rhetoric, with
17: uh Uh, The concept of uh, open carry and bring my rifle to uh, every public demonstration.
23: And I have to say, we've known that this was going to break uh, throughout the night, and I wondered if that was going to temper at all some of the language we have heard from Republican officials talking about the mob, talking about these protesters uh, in very dehumanizing ways. Uh, We heard uh, Christy Nome, the governor, say... Uh, Today, Democrat-run cities across this country are being overrun by violent mobs. Uh, We talked to uh, Burgess Owens, others mobs torture our cities. I, I have not heard any tempering of that language, even though, and look, this individual, if he is guilty, he is responsible for his crimes, not any of the individuals he supports, including President Trump. But the idea that a supporter of President Trump is accused of killing protesters last night uh, has not resulted in the Republican campaign, the Republican convention, adjusting even a little bit their language about protesters. Uh, seems rather irresponsible. Uh, do, do not criticize this young man for his, his political. both he, he we, we want to. Guns are legal in this country. That's not the problem. But there is a there's some irresponsible and reckless. Uh, choices have been made, I think, by this convention to lift up people who are, are irresponsible, pointing guns at people who are not armed, that is irresponsible. So I think tonight I, I, I'm going to wait. I want to hear from this vice president. My, my prayer is that he will try to bring us together. Uh, I, my prayer is the left won't beat the kid up because he likes Donald Trump. We should beat this kid up because he is doing irresponsible things and has been pulled into an irresponsible We're just going to
20: interject here just for a moment. That was South Dakota Governor Kristi um, Noem, uh, who said a lot of things. But we have, as we've said over the course of this coverage, uh, we will interject when we feel like there's something that's important and deliberate and very wrong uh, that should be corrected just so that we feel responsible about our broadcast. In this case, uh, Governor Noem just said, from Seattle and Portland to Washington and New York, Democrat-run cities across this country are being over- overrun by violent mobs. The violence is rampant. There's looting, chaos, destruction, murder. People that can afford to flee have fled. Um, joining us for more on that and to essentially run a reality check on that assertion uh, is the mayor of the great city of Seattle, Jenny Durkin, who's joining us on short notice. And her caricature of the great cities across America is not only wrong, it's purposely wrong. I think she needs to get off Twitter and get off Fox News and come see our city. That caricature has been used really against Seattle more than anywhere else. Does it have a material effect on your ability to govern um, and Seattle's ability to get the resources that it needs for what the city uh, needs to get done? It did have an impact on the summer on some things because the president and Fox News were so insistent on driving that message that people started to come there to to make the reality real, Mm. not as portrayed by the president or by Governor Nome. I mean, he tried to make it sound like there were mobs rampant throughout
15: Seattle. It's not the case.
20: Mayor Jenny Durkin of the great American city of Seattle. Mayor Durkin, thank you for joining us on short notice tonight. Again, we don't intend to uh, interject throughout the evening, but when uh, something uh, really, really wrong gets said deliberately, particularly when they're trying to build a theme theme around it, we feel.
14: Now to another major story. We're following the deadly shooting that erupted during the Jacob Blake protests in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Two people killed, a third injured, and late today a 17 year old under arrest. Gabe Gutierrez is there. We want to warn you, some of the video is disturbing.
6: Tonight, an arrest and the deadly violence that broke out last night in Kenosha, Wisconsin, over the shooting of Jacob Blake. This video captured part of the chaos. Shots ringing out. A man on the ground firing a long gun. Bystanders running in horror. It's unclear what happened before or after this video. Opening fire on a crowd in Kenosha, Wisconsin,
22: shortly after another nearby shooting. As authorities brace for a fourth night of demonstrations in the wake of Jacob Blake's shooting by police. Officers are trying to disperse the crowd, violating Curfew Tuesday when the chaos spirals. A video showing a man running down the street with a firearm, a crowd chasing behind him. That man falls to the ground and begins shooting. Kenosha police saying two were killed and one was injured in shootings overnight.
3: The shootings erupted just before midnight. The shooter alleged to be 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse. It allegedly began when he shot one person in the head at this boarded-up business
24: for seeing, Laura. What you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin over the course of the night. A second night since Jacob Blake was seen shot in the back seven times by a police officer. And what you are seeing now, these images came and come in stark contrast to what we saw over the course of the daytime hours in Kenosha and into the early evening, which were largely peaceful demonstrations in the face of law enforcement. It wasn't until night fell that things began to get a little bit more contentious. Things were thrown back and forth. Police started using some of those crowd dispersal tactics, like tear gas even, playing uh, very loud sounds to push them out and then what you are seeing the common theme that ties all of this together is an expression of anger and frustration over what people feel like has become an all too familiar story playing out in places from across the country not just here in kenosha
4: wisconsin christine laura
25: all right thank you so much for that new overnight
4: it's non-stop they defend and defend and defend and people are pushing back. I could play a soundbite of somebody again going and vandalizing the NYC BLM bullshit. Just fucking vandalizing it. Done. People are fucking done with this shit. They're done because it's their houses and the media keeps signing on the wrong side of this story. They're not peaceful protesters. These aren't good people. The guy was grabbing for a gun. We burn our city down. The guy in the Wendy's parking lot grabs the taser off the cop, beats the living shit out of the cop. He's not a good guy. But the media... oh unarmed black men. Let's burn Wendy's down and trash most of Atlanta. And liberals are emboldened by it. They think they're going to get their fucking election. Win. But as we started, it's not working. There is pushback. Texas School District blasted for cartoon comparing police to the KKK. Slave owners. That was part of Of a student assignment. Here's local news that covered it.
26: This was the tweet from a vice president of the National Fraternal Order of Police saying that a school assignment compares police officers to slave owners and the KKK. Governor Greg Abbott shared the tweet calling it beyond unacceptable and that the teacher should be fired. Now, the rest of the story.
0: I do believe it's been taken
27: out of context.
26: Alicia Whitfield's 8th grade son took part in the online assignment. They used three different cartoons from newspapers and online publications to start a conversation about the Bill of Rights, protest, democracy, and freedom of speech. And the principal told parents that in an email.
0: I actually was pleased that the teacher made the lesson so relevant to what the students have been experiencing, you know, right now, current events.
26: But after the governor shared one of the three cartoons, Wiley ISD sent us this statement. We understand the governor's concern about the use of the unapproved political cartoon in teaching a junior high social studies lesson. We don't condone the use of these divisive images and are addressing the issue to prevent this from happening again. Wiley ISD will comply with the governor and the Texas Education Agency to investigate this matter as we work together to rebuild the trust in the community.
0: I think it's important, too, for me to state that we very much support the police.
26: Alicia Whitfield admits that perhaps less controversial cartoons could have been used, but that they did start the intended conversation.
0: And as parents, it's helped us to help him better understand what the current events
26: are. Current events with current emotions still very politically raw. In
4: Wiley, I'm Kevin Reese this fucking cartoon is fucking vile. Police officers to slave homeowners, and they show them. They show people capturing slaves, 18th century KKK, whites only, Jim Crow, guy on a knee, a a, a knee on the back of a neck like George Floyd. But the only reason I found out about it is the National Fraternal Order of Police. 'Cause remember they want to turn Texas blue, so they think if they do all this crazy shit, it's gonna work. Then you have Jamel Hill. Been reading Isabel Workerson's new book, Cast, and if you were of the opinion that the United States wasn't nearly as bad as Nazi Germany, how wrong masterpiece. They hate America. They hate it. They just fucking hate it. And it doesn't stop there. Washington Post panics: a Trump win could injure Democratic experiment. Then Melania Trump changed the rose garden to make it handicap except accessible. Jennifer Wright: Here is a colorful, happy rose garden under Obama, and here is Melania unveiling the new garden, entirely devoid of color and joy. Nathan Wolzol. Bloom. People let Trump really bring out their stupid Verald Mahat, if you don't know that tulips don't bloom in August, you may be stupid enough to be a blue check. But it wasn't heard. People lost their minds over this. People tried to explain it, but it didn't fucking matter. According to C SPAN, the crab apple, not cherry trees, were moved to another part of the White House. But they even went into, why did you take down the fucking cherry tree? Kurt Eichenwald. It is a distraction of our history, something no other first lady would have had the gall to do. This is the first time I've been furious that Flotus is a foreigner. She has no right to wreck our history. another person Michelle devoted her energies to starting a vegetable garden to low income people could eat healthier you destroyed it Trump is so mean to immigrants also I'm furious that the first lady's a foreigner people start saying he ended up trying to, to to fucking apologize but these people became unhinged they even said don't forget you got an Einstein visa Trumps are destroyers, and it's notable she demolished the beautiful cherry trees, which always reminded Americans of George Washington's legacy of honesty. But it wasn't. Anna Navarro, this woman in March's pandemic ban, it was a tennis pavilion. Now it's 175,000 climbing American lives, and millions of livelihoods have been lost. She unveils new and non-improved rose garden. She cut down Jackie's trees. I hope Dr. Biden returns it the way it was. Everybody lined up. CNN uh, fucking... Kate Bennett, Aaron Rupar, Christopher Titus. Just hate, 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 hate. And it was all a lie. She widened the path so handicapped people. is destroyed. It was just changed. But that's their hate. 1984 Wonder Woman director admits villains based on Trump. Sean King, nah, I'm not going to call for peace. We've tried peace for years. Y'all don't understand that language. We're calling for a complete dismantling of American policing. It's not broken. It was built to work this way, and mayhem is the consequence. You earned this. They want it. New York Times, peaceful marches in Kenosha, Wisconsin, against the police shooting of a black man, gave way to fire and destruction because we can't say the truth then we got reporters rebecca Brannon. several protesters from group currently at the hennepin county government center assaulted me tonight I tried to defend myself with pepper spray I asked her to leave me alone so i could go back to my car i was recording the encounter but my phone was taken my phone was recovered by security it was found in a plaza fountain this morning the footage of the assault has been salvaged from my SD card. A police report has been filed, and I'll be uploading the footage la- la- last night while I was covering protest. I was physically assaulted. Here is the footage.
2: Why are you no. touching me? No. You know who you are. Get out of here, Jack. Get out! Why can't I be here? No. You can't look at that Get the fuck out. Go! No. No. Go! Get, Get, Get out! Get out of here!
12: Get I can stay here. Stop. Do not touch me. Do not touch me. Get away from me. Get away from me.
2: Don't touch me. You're a coward. You're a coward because you can't be broken! Who was looking for something? I'm, so so I'm giving you coverage. I'm giving you coverage. So I'm giving you coverage. I'm giving you coverage. I'm what you're doing. You're giving the wrong damn coverage. I'm covering you're it. You're telling a
18: bunch of lies. You told somebody I'm John happening. so quit fucking I'm writing. Covering. Get the
16: fuck out! Get away from me! Get away from me!
12: <laughs> <laughs>
22: I want to cover.
2: Why would it not go well for me? Why can't I be here? Three feet. You never lie. Could You lie, You're so loving. I want to be there. You want to see this?
12: This is what? Why, why are you being so mad? I mean, I, I... I, I this I I mean, you, you,
2: you, you want! to you I Get just the fuck out! I want to stick to myself! I want to stick to myself! People fucking you come on you your fucking site and talk shit about fucking family! You're a fucking piece of shit. The whole Why are you country blue and orange is a fucking piece of shit. shit.
18: Do what a fucking hell hell you What the fuck of Fucking the
2: of the fuck of Get the fuck out! Get no, the, no, the fuck out, no, make no, you, you. the fuck out! I can be here. I can be, no, her. I'm you I'm be her. here. Get the fuck out! 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 Get why are you so mean? Why are you so angry? I messaged him for God's sake. Fucking bitch! Fucking bitch! I post video, I post video and that's
18: it.
2: People can take it how they want. Oh, get the fucking out! Post video for other people,
12: motherfucker! Get the fuck out! You're supposed to post peaceful stuff and woodbury is supposed to post. Get the fuck out! Get
2: out! Get out! This fucking Trump lover, get the fuck out! Well,
12: I gotta go that way. I mean, I. I
2: gotta go that way. Why would I
12: be sorry? What are you going to do? What are you going to do?
2: You don't tell the truth. Just fuck out. I just take video. I take video,
12: guys. The fuck out. Leave the I, fuck
2: man.
12: Man. I just fuck out! walk want to take video. then take video, walk the the now. The 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 way. Way. to walk my fuck out! Just let me walk to my car. No to
2: you no right. right.
9: I'm, I'm
2: trying, trying to give you coverage. I'm trying
12: to give you coverage. My back. car is that way.
2: What are you doing?
21: What are you doing? What are you doing? Get away from me. I mean, What?
2: Get away from me!
21: Get away from me!
4: Not surprisingly, nobody covered that. Nobody cared. Nobody cares that right now there's fucking people getting doxxed by Antifa. Literally doxxed. Eli Schaefer successfully does his job by showing the truth of what happened to peaceful protest. Now they're doxing and trying to get him hurt. Rants. Nobody. Nobody reports this. Rioters tried to burn Seattle police alive. Sealed door during fire at East Precinct. Not reported. Man arrested for allegedly firing several shots from a vehicle near a gathering of Trump supporters. Nobody reported. Andy and Gio, only black Oregonians can apply for this assistant. Mayor Wheeler. The Oregon CARES Fund is now accepting application. Black families and business owners experiencing housing insecurity, emerging needs or loss of revenue due to COVID-19 pandemic are eligible for cash grants, but only them. And then I can go to Andy Ngo's and tweet feed and just show you shit after shit after shit. People have been arrested, school teachers. It is doesn't matter doesn't matter, nobody's covering it nobody these aren't good people these are bad people but our media we're all in they're on our side they make Trump look bad he's not the law and order president anymore he's a bad guy so if they make him look bad, we're good with it. Matt Walsh breaking. The media narrative has already fallen apart. Jacob Blake was not breaking up a fight. Told you it would start those BS. A woman called 911 to report that he was at her house and shouldn't be. He stole her keys. Cops responding were aware of his warrants. I read that after we get to the beginning where we already talk about it because that's the narrative. We played it up like he was a saint. A saint. And then you have Sean King, a part of the media. Kenosha Police Department, if you do not name the officer who brutally shot Jacob Blake on Sunday, we will simply begin naming officers from your department who may or may not be with him. Fuck it. Your protection of his identity is unethical. What's his name? That's our media. The guy is a douche nozzle. He sexually assaulted A little girl. But he's better than Trump. So, yeah. And then our last violence. Kyle Hooten just got robbed at gunpoint in Minneapolis for my bulletproof vest and backpack. Here are replies. I hope they shoot you next time. Do you want to let message you? uh, Hope next time it's fatal and kills you, cracker. You should have been in your deathbed so I can comfort your mouth mother. That's okay on Twitter. That's that's fine. That's There's nothing wrong with that. It's good to go. So We're going to go straight into um, narrative with the new bumper. And I'm going to play the only really soundbite that <clears throat> stuck with me uh, of the speakers. But understand, the narrative is if you vote Trump, you're a piece of shit. So you're going to hear that. Let's just do it this way. I'm going to play Maximo now. Then you're going to hear the narrative. Then you're going to hear the narrative bump and the narratives that the media put out before on what the RNC was going to be. Because they sure the fuck didn't cover it.
28: Hello. My name is Maximo Alvarez. I live in Miami, Florida. Not far from the state of Florida which isn't just an 90 mile wide blue strip on a map for me. It divides freedom from fear. It divides the past from the present, from the future. I know all about the past. I'll never forget my own. My family has fled totalitarianism and communism more than once. First my dad from Spain, than from Cuba. But my family don't run away. By the grace of God, I live the American dream, the greatest blessing I ever had. My dad, who only had a sixth grade education, told me, don't lose this place. You will never be as lucky as me. I'm speaking to you today because my family is done abandoning what we rightfully earned. There's no place to hide. I'm speaking to you today because President Trump may not always be politically correct. He's in fact a successful businessman, You're your average career politician. Our president is just another family man, a friend, and most important, our elected commander-in-chief who puts America first. Keep in mind, the other guy running for president is mostly concerned about power. Yes, yes, power for them, but not for the benefit of all Americans. I'm speaking to you today because I have seen people like this before. I've seen movements like this before. I've seen ideas like this before. And I am here to tell you, we cannot let them take over our country. I heard the promises of Fidel Castro and I can never forget all those who grew up around me who look like me who suffer and starve and died because they believed those empty promises they swallow the communist poison pill if you have a chance go to the freedom tower in miami stop and listen you can still hear the sounds of those broken promises. It is the sound of waves in the ocean, carrying families clinging to pieces of wood. Families with children who can swim, but willing to risk everything to reach this blessed land. It is the sound of tears hitting the paper of an application to become an American citizen. Most heard and liked the promises, but soon after, they experienced the reality. Look at them, listen to them, learn the truth. Those false promises spread the wealth, free education, free healthcare, defund the police, trust the socialist state more than your family and your community. They don't sound radical to my ears. They sound familiar. And Fidel Castro was asked if he was a communist. He said he was a Roman Catholic. He knew he had to hide the truth. But the country I was born in is gone, totally destroyed. When I watch the news in Seattle, Chicago, Portland, and other cities, when I see the history being re- re- rewritten, when I hear the promises, I've heard echoes. I've hear echoes of the former life I never wanted to hear again. I see shadows. I thought I had outrun my parents only wanted one person to decide my fate, me. Not some party member, not some government official, not some bureaucrat. In America, I would decide my own future. I am so grateful to America, the place where I was able to build my American dream through hard work and determination. President Trump knows that the American story was written by people just like you and I who love our country and take risks to build a future for our families and neighbors. I may be a Cuban born, but I am 100% American. This is the greatest country in the world. And I said this before. If I gave away everything that I have today, it would not equal 1% of what I was given when I came to this great country of ours. The gift of freedom. Right now, it is up to us to decide our fate and to choose freedom over oppression. President Trump, he's fighting the forces of anarchy and communism. And I know he will continue to do just that. And what about his opponent and the rest of the D.C. swamp? I have no doubt they will hand the country over to those dangerous forces. You and I will decide. And here's what I've decided. My decision is very easy. I choose President Trump. Because I choose America. I choose freedom. I still hear my dad. There is no other place to go. Thank you. I may the good Lord bless America.
4: Facts screw up agenda. We don't have news. We have narrative.
17: One-third
11: of the country is disconnected from the normal news system, the NBCs and the New York Times of the world, and they've opted into this alternative reality led by Trump.
13: And and final question, obviously full disclosure, I'm here in the media, you're in the media, but that doesn't mean we should ignore the self-critical issues. What do you say to conservatives? I hear this from sources, I'm sure you do as well, who say, okay, Fox, like Donald Trump, may go too far. But, they argue, much of the traditional press, print, and TV – they view as more sympathetic to the resistance and stocked with, with people who they claim have, in, have views that track more against Donald Trump than for. And that Fox is the right. one, maybe they and AON, A, uh, OAN excuse me, are, are the one places that have to do all the conservatism because it's them against the rest mm-hmm. of the press. And they would, some of them would include this channel and yours in that critique.
11: I would say MSNBC benefits when there's a healthy, conservative ecosystem. The world benefits when there's a healthy, conservative media ecosystem. But what Insiders of Fox said to me is, we don't have standards and practices. We don't have checks and balances. You know, we don't have the kind of journalistic standards that other networks do. And that's a problem. That actually hurts us. It hurts our credibility.
4: Tucker Carlson did exactly what I said they were going to do. And he did a nice little montage of them saying the word dark over And over and over. And I ask you, was Maximo Alvarez dark? Supposed to be everything we think about America. A Latinx person coming here and succeeding, loving the country. Yeah, do we remember that? An alternative reality. Jennifer Rubin claims she cried 15 to 20 times from Den Convention. That's an alternative reality. Not talking about the impeachment that was so important to save democracy. Saying the President of the United States killed everybody who got COVID. Literally, literally ignoring the riots that are fear-mongering most of the country. So, mostly sound bites. Here is just the media... For night one of the RNC, I
13: thought about Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor uh, had a good job. But that didn't keep her. not keep her alive. Both of them. John had a good job in Texas, and he lost his life. So I, I think it, it's a compelling argument. It's a positive spin, uh, but I, I think there's some questions as, as to how far it will resonate in brown and black communities.
6: Tim Scott gave a very impassioned speech, and he talked about Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. He didn't mention Jacob Blake.
25: I didn't hear Maria Elena a lot about COVID-19 or coronavirus, which has disproportionately affected African Americans. And Latinos, exactly.
6: I guess, from my perspective, not just as a Democrat, not just as a political strategist, but as a black man, if a party is trying to speak to me, that feels like an opportune moment to show that kind of compassion.
25: Not mentioning what's in the news, it's from your hometown in, in Kenosha. Um, what happened to Jacob Lake, shot. Uh, allegedly by police seven times in the back.
6: So that was a curious oversight on my, my part.
25: Tim Scott, I mean he has said he's been pulled over 18 times. He even changed his license plate to have senator on the back so that it might signal not to pull him over. He's counseled the president. The president's taken down a tweet before. He talked to him after Charlottesville and the comments that the president made there. Why not share those types of stories? That was
1: a classic keynote speech here at this Republican convention. He talked about believing in the goodness of America. He did take some shots at Joe Biden, no question about that. But in some ways, the most personal and the most optimistic speech so far. It was personal
13: and it was positive. He's an evangelical Christian, so certainly he he gave a a nod. To the Lord.
10: First, I just want to say I think that he had a powerful mind when he talked about how his family went from cotton to Congress in one lifetime. Well,
1: I thought Tim Scott did a magnificent job. I think he's what's great about our country.
13: He makes the case for Donald Trump, and as you said, George, he made it in a positive, eloquent, kind way that there is room in Donald Trump's Republican Party for brown and black people.
10: But then he did lay out what he described as Joe Biden's failures very swiftly. Joe Biden said if a black man didn't vote for him, he wasn't truly black. Joe Biden said black People are a monolithic community. Joe Biden said poor kids can be just as smart as white kids. He went on and on and really... Good evening. your first appearance tonight uh, from President Trump. Uh, Dana, your reaction?
0: Well, first of all, Wolf, they were really not socially distanced, not wearing masks, uh, standing there talking. Uh,
16: still, it is pretty telling that the focus for the president's very first appearance Uh, at this convention was the coronavirus pandemic, which has
0: killed uh, more people in America than in any other country in the world. Now, we've heard President Trump say the virus will disappear and we have it under control. Well, tonight it was really clear that they're acknowledging what sources have told me for some time, that his allies have been pushing the president himself to recognize that this coronavirus is where he is the most vulnerable, and it is the dominant issue in this race.
26: Very, very
22: uh, forceful speech, uh, Jake, from uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Forceful is one word for
23: it. You know, I I can't help but think that so much of this convention so far is great for Donald Trump's base, uh, and yet, uh, with a couple of exceptions, is not even remotely reaching out to any voters in the middle. Uh, We've heard a lot of grievance really this evening. Um, Some of them perhaps understandable, but we've heard from somebody who hates unions. We've heard from somebody who hates Democratic leadership in Baltimore. Uh, We heard from the McCloskeys in St. Louis who certainly don't like uh, the Black Lives Matter protesters. Uh, But we have yet to really hear much uh, in terms of the positive, optimistic, hopeful message. We were told An emotional appeal by Cuban immigrant Maximo Alvarez. We are now just minutes away from the headline speeches of the evening from the former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, from the president's son, Donald Trump Jr., and then Republican Senator Tim Scott. They could all offer a glimpse of the Republican Party's future after President Trump, whether that's in January 2021 or January 2025, Senator Scott and Ambassador Haley bring some measure of stature and, of course, diversity that Republicans are so eager to put on display at this and every convention, both of them defenders of the president who have shown an occasional willingness to call him out politely as they carefully navigate their own political futures. Donald Trump Jr., of course, brings something very different to the mix. While he may lack gravitas, he he pulls no punches. He is as eager as his father, if not more so, to spread lies and obscenely false accusations about his opponents. That's made him something of a rock star among the MAGA crowd.
22: The president's son, uh, Donald Trump Jr., making a strong case for his dad to get reelected. Also, Jake, making a very, very strong, very negative argument, very dark vision for America if Biden is elected.
23: Yeah, and, you know, I'm struck by the fact that usually when a family member uh, of the president speaks at a convention, It's to provide testimony as to how caring and loving that individual is. And and certainly President Trump is somebody uh, who is perceived as having a significant empathy gap uh, with Joe Biden. Uh, But we really didn't hear anything along those lines from the president's oldest son uh, just now about what kind of dad he was, what he's like behind the scenes. It was really a political speech that could have been given by anybody uh, in the Trump administration. Uh, And it was also odd, I I felt, because he talked about how uh, anybody is welcome in the Republican Party. The Republican Party is the party of free speech. But anybody who has been following the Trump administration knows that critics of President Trump's, uh, Dana, are, are not particularly welcome in the Republican Party. We have seen President Trump chase out any number of Republican senators and congressmen, whether Mark Stanford in South Carolina or Jeff Flake in Arizona, Bob Corker in Tennessee, for offering even vague criticism of the president's policies and the president's uh, tone at times. So it is not the free speech.
15: Telehealth will continue to aid many that are just unable to find transportation or way to the doctor for regular checkups. This is especially true in rural America.
17: Good evening. We're just
20: going to jump in here for another second in terms of some of the president's claims there, um, mostly about COVID, but also about the the Postal Service. We're happy to have you here for night one of the Republican National Convention. Uh, We are broadcasting this, of course, by choice. However, it is our responsibility to not unquestioningly broadcast potentially dangerous misinformation, especially of the medical variety.
3: Pandemic? What pandemic? President Trump was greeted by a crowd of supporters in North Carolina today. No masks or social distancing, but plenty of enthusiasm for Trump. It's been a, a real love fest between North Carolina and Trump, right? It's been incredible. president kicked off the Republican convention with a dark warning.
1: This is the most important election in the history of our
3: country
1: yeah, don't let them take
3: it away from you
16: and his campaigns putting controversial culture war moments front and center at the convention starting tonight with a speaking slot for the mccloskey's the st louis couple who pulled guns on black lives matter protesters on their property the president's son donald trump jr is expected to go on offense this evening and the president himself will have a role each night of the convention the TV producer-in-chief, proving it's not just his party, but this week, his show.
25: Now that could make it the most powerful storm to hit the area since Hurricanes Katrina and Rita landed one after the other 15 years ago. If that happens, it would upend President Trump's plans to speak at the Republican National Convention on Thursday night or leave him addressing his party while the storm is hitting. These next four days are supposed
16: to be more optimistic and hopeful, but based on what we've seen so far today, there are questions about whether the Trump team are going to stick to that plan. The president kicking things off today gave a speech full of grievances, and he has been painting a fairly apocalyptic picture of what will happen if he is
27: not re-elected.
7: Well, right now it feels like a base convention or disaffected Republicans of who they're trying to talk to.
27: But so far, so far, uh, at least this night, it has been a lot of red meat. Not so much optimism and hope.
1: We've heard a lot of talk about violence in the streets, unrest right now, Black Lives Matter, the police. No talk about what's in the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin right and,
10: and what's interesting, if I can, I'm just hung up a little bit about Nikki Haley, a comment that she made, America is not a racist country. I think that that's a statement that a lot of black people, black and brown people, would take umbrage with, including Donald J. Trump. I mean, he said we must put an end to racism. And yet, while we're not hearing about that, we are hearing from the Malkoskis, the, the couple in St. Louis that were branded their arms against black lives matter protesters
1: around the world uh, since president Trump has taken office the United States position as a global superpower has declined he's not trusted by our allies our allies generally try to avoid him
27: and then you had Donald Trump jr. in a really tough speech Uh, he talked to Joe Biden as being the Loch Ness monster of the swamp I could not have been more aggressive. I don't know how many times he used the term radical left. I think one of the challenges I've had with this evening is
16: the focus on law enforcement. I think it's right to put a nod to law enforcement. I think it's right to call out the lunacy, in my mind, of defunding the police.
23: Uh, In terms of what the Republicans were uh, accomplishing this evening, what they tried to accomplish, you're right, Wolf, I think uh, they definitely were trying to appeal to the base. Obviously, uh, they were... uh, uh, showing a lot of diversity in the people that they had uh, speak this evening. It's not representative of the Republican Party as a whole, certainly not representative of the Republican Party uh, or the Trump administration here in Washington, D.C. This
21: idea that the Democrats, who again are a very diverse party, uh, now they have an African-American and an Indian woman uh, in the number two slot, uh, that is the fear that they are, are conjuring up. Uh, Tim Scott, there, I, I think, is is on, on the one hand, uh, trying to reach out to to black voters, uh, but I think he's also uh, there to give white voters who might be worried about voting for someone like Donald Trump, uh, who has said all sorts of. Uh, racist comments, uh, it's sort of, I think Tim Scott and Nikki Haley are there to say, listen, uh, maybe Donald Trump isn't as you know as racist as you think he is, or as racist as he often sounds, because here is Tim Scott praising him, here is Nikki Haley uh, praising him, and there are a number of other African Americans uh, woven throughout tonight.
14: How much do you think of some of this tonight was sort of giving permission to more moderate white voters that you know what, it's okay for you to vote for Donald Trump despite his rhetoric on his, you know, his, some of his racist rhetoric uh, over the last three years.
21: Yeah, I mean, I think that is often what it's about. It's sort of an indirect appeal uh, to white voters when you kind of uh, put black issues, black people, black Republicans up front and center, as we saw uh, happen tonight. Um, Nikki Haley, obviously, a woman of color, and then Tim Scott, and then a couple of other African-Americans, I mean, on the whole, the Republican Party actually isn't very diverse. It sort of seemed a little diverse uh, tonight with with Tim Scott making that uh, final sort of keynote address and then Nikki Haley uh, making a kind of keynote address. But by and large, you know, this is a party that is right now.
10: Trump plans to talk every day this week, guaranteeing that the week will be
21: about Trump. That
10: is not a pathway to political uh, rebound in terms of the eyes of his political advisor. We
20: are, we have been hearing for a while now that Trump is going to speak every week. It doesn't
15: seem yeah. like he's going to give like an acceptance speech every night. It's almost an hour ranting um, today. I mean, he's not going to let himself be forgotten, right? In this whatever this is. And thank you for explaining that. I think. For a lot of people, the opening with the nomination, even for me, it was weird, right? Mm -hmm. It was out of order. But, you know, as you said, that's over. Convention, technically, is over. This is another thing. It's another thing. And, you know, what, what, what I've been thinking about today is the difference between a democracy and a constitutional monarchy. In a constitutional monarchy, there are perfunctory votes. But the monarch is still the monarch. The king is still the king. The royal family is the royal family. There's nothing you can do about that. And if the royal family has done misdeeds, and if courts want to dig into potential illegality, well, that doesn't matter. They are the royal family. And the, the Trumps come across as if they do believe that America has a royal family, and it is them. And so it's interesting to watch them create a pageantry about the Trumps, but not about the Trumps the way that last week was, a, was about the Bidens. Last week was about the family, the cohesion, the loss, the things they've suffered, the way they've come together, the way they were brought together. The same thing with Kamala Harris, her family, the blended family. It was about them as human beings. This isn't about the Trumps as like, people with friends and family and loved ones. It's about them as our American monarchical entity that you Mm. cannot eliminate. That, you know, Donald Trump came out and said, say 12 more years. That's exactly what Putin's given himself, 12 more years. He's sort of, it's almost as if the election doesn't matter anymore, because as far as Donald Trump and his family are concerned, they've established themselves as monarchs and if they have to...
4: Now, the thing I didn't expect was them to do exactly what I said they would do, lockstep. I mean, just making up any reason to dog stuff. And I definitely did not expect him to go this far on Tim Scott. Tim Scott. Remember, there are two things that the left hates worse than anything else. There is gun owners and Christians, they're about the same. But any African American or Latinx who doesn't vote like them or think like them, well, they just don't count. And the stuff they said on air about Tim Scott, basically he's an Uncle Tom, that's some racist ass shit.
13: I thought about Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor uh, had a good job, but that didn't keep her, didn't keep her alive. Both of them, John, had a good job in Texas, and he lost his life. So I, I think it, it's a compelling argument. It's a positive spin, uh, but I, I think there's some questions as, as to how far it will resonate in brown and
6: black communities. Tim Scott gave a very impassioned speech, and he talked about Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. He didn't mention Jacob Blake.
25: I didn't hear Maria Elena a lot about COVID nineteen or coronavirus which has disproportionately affected African Americans and, and Latinos. Latinos Exactly.
6: I guess from my perspective, not just as a Democrat, not just as a political strategist, but as a black man, if a party is trying to speak to me, that feels like an opportune moment to show that kind of compassion.
25: Not mentioning what's in the news, it's from your hometown in, in Kenosha. Um what happened to Jacob Lake shot uh, allegedly by police 7 times in the back.
6: So that was a curious oversight on my my part.
25: Tim Scott, I mean, he has said he's been pulled over 18 times. He even changed his license plate. To have senator on the back, so that it might signal not to pull him over. He's counseled the president. The president's taken down a tweet before. He talked to him after Charlottesville and the comments that the president made there. Why not share those types of stories? That was
1: a classic keynote speech here at this Republican convention. He talked about believing in the goodness of America. He did take some shots at Joe Biden, no question about that. But in some ways, the most personal and the most optimistic
13: speech so far. It was personal and it was positive. He's an evangelical Christian, so certainly he gave a nod. To The Lord.
10: First, just want to say I think that he had a powerful mind when he talked about how his family went from cotton to Congress in one lifetime.
1: Well, I thought Tim Scott did a magnificent job. I think he's what's great about our country.
13: He makes the case for Donald Trump, and as you said, George, he meant in a positive, eloquent, kind way that there is room in Donald Trump's Republican Party for brown and black people.
10: But then he did lay out what he described as Joe Biden's failures very swiftly. Joe Biden said if a black man didn't vote for him, he wasn't truly black. Joe Biden said black. People are a monolithic community. Joe Biden said poor kids can be just as smart as white kids. He went on and on and really uh, made a compelling case.
17: And yeah, you can fact check it to death. We could fact check this convention all night. People yeah. who are saying you didn't fact check the Democrats—they are not lying the way Trump does. Yeah. Do politicians lie? Yes. Of course. Do both parties engage in it? Yes. I'll give you the full Guilfoyle. Yeah. But not like Donald Trump. Yeah. Nobody lies the way this man does. Has and will that I've ever seen in politics. Damn. So he's lying to you. He's lying. He's lying. And it's uh, it, and these people are it. all his echo. I oh. mean, one's his son. You know, the other one is his son's girlfriend. You know, so okay. But Tim Scott, uh, you know, look, they're carrying water for him. You know, Tim Scott uh, was very careful about what he didn't mention. His personal story is compelling. That he that he well, he's very careful about
14: what he didn't mention. That's right. And that he all but avoided the 2016 convention. Why? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Donald Trump is his best friend, but he all but avoided I think he went to maybe a South Carolina caucus or something, or, or right. a few things, And again, did not that have happens. a big
17: president. That happens that Don Lemon runs against Chris Cuomo, and then Chris uh, gets the ticket, and Don says, look, he's our best bet. Tim but, Scott? But what I'm saying is Don Lemon, we've never heard Don Lemon say, look, don't vote for Chris Cuomo, not just because of the policy. Yeah. This guy is a lying demon who is going to hell. That's what Lindsey Graham called him. Yeah. You know, Ted Cruz called him a pathological liar and a person of no morality. You know, these people knew who Trump was, and now they're pretending it's okay. Yeah. It's a tough sell.
14: Lindsey Graham called him racist, and a lot more things, and a lot of other people who are now his best friends. But we will talk about that more. We have a whole lot to get to, a whole lot of what we heard at the Republican National Convention tonight it was just plain dishonest. It really was.
20: The Republicans last week ripped the Democrats' convention for being dark and promised that theirs would be more
25: optimistic and hopeful. Let me play a sampling of some of the speeches we heard last night.
13: It's almost like this election is shaping up to be church, work, and school versus rioting, looting, and vandalism. They'll disarm you, empty the prisons, lock you in your home, and invite
22: MS-13
15: to live next door. Your family will not be safe in the radical Democrats' America.
1: Far left Democrats in our school district made this shooting possible.
16: They want to control what you see and think
20: and believe so that they can control how you live. Now, your speech was pretty upbeat, although you did land some punches, I'll grant you. Do you like that message that the, the convention sent last night, or do you wish that rhetoric would be ratcheted
25: down a little bit?
23: Uh, In terms of what the Republicans were uh, accomplishing this evening, what they tried to accomplish, you're right, Wolf, I think uh, they definitely were trying to appeal to the base. Obviously, uh, they were uh, uh, showing a lot of diversity in the people that they had uh, speak this evening. It's not representative of the Republican Party as a whole, certainly not representative of the Republican Party uh, or the Trump administration here in Washington, D.C.
21: This idea that the Democrats, who again are a very diverse party, uh, now they have an African-American and an Indian woman uh, in the number two slot, uh, that is the fear that they are, are conjuring up. Uh, Tim Scott there, I I think he's he's on the one hand uh, trying to reach out to to black voters, uh, but I think he's also uh, there to give white voters who might be worried about voting for someone like Donald Trump, uh, who has said all sorts of. Uh, racist comments, Uh, it's sort of I think Tim Scott and Nikki Haley are there to say listen, uh, maybe Donald Trump isn't as as racist as you think he is, or as racist as he often sounds, because here is Tim Scott praising him, here is Nikki Haley uh, praising him, and there are a number of other other African Americans uh, woven throughout tonight.
14: How much do you think of some of this tonight was sort of giving permission to more moderate white voters that you know what, it's okay for you to vote for Donald Trump despite his rhetoric on his, you know, his, some of his racist rhetoric uh, over the last three years.
21: Yeah, I mean, I think that is often what it's about. It's sort of an indirect appeal uh, to white voters when you kind of uh, put black issues, black people, black Republicans up front and center, as we saw uh, happen tonight. Uh, Nikki Haley, obviously, a woman of color, and then Tim Scott, and then a couple of other African-Americans. I mean, on the whole, the Republican Party actually isn't very diverse. It sort of seemed a little diverse. Uh, tonight with with tim scott making that uh, final sort of keynote address and then nikki haley uh making a kind of keynote address but by and large you know this is a party that is right now based on sort of white identitarianism
4: online they were worse chip franklin uncle tom i mean tim scott every time i see tim scott with that platform negro slave grin on his face i feel nauseous trump caused herman cain to be in the grave we can always find another Uncle Tom in the Senate. This dude, Tim Scott, is a straight up Uncle Tom. Excellent speech by Tim Scott, whose life demonstrates that anyone can pursue and achieve the dreams in America. Daryl Stewart responds, and, the, and Alan Sutton tweeted that he's black. Tim Scott is Uncle Tom of Trump's party, and they have Uncle Tom's cabin. Democrat Representative Cohn just liked to tweet saying, Tim Scott might as well be white. Uncle Tom, Uncle Tom, Uncle Tom. And these these are white people saying Uncle Tom. Yeah, that's okay, though. And then night two, I could play what they said, but what's the fucking point? Here's how they broke in, because they broke in a million times. They covered barely any of the RNC convention. I watched on... Well, I haven't watched last night yet, of course, because I started this bitch, you know, three o'clock in the morning. Um, I I actually didn't watch night three yet. They just recited Biden's narrative for him, because that's what they do. Republicans here trying to make good on the president's
16: promise of positive programming but that upbeat message was undercut at every turn by dark appeals to the base and apocalyptic predictions of what could come if Trump is not reelected. The positive messaging all but disappearing replaced with dire
22: warnings of a bleak future. Many of those speakers on night one painted a grim picture of the country if Donald Trump loses and warned that Joe Biden is in effect an existential threat. The opening night of the Republican convention where the message was part praise and part end of days with a lineup of speakers many delivering an apocalyptic portrait of america if joe
24: biden wins the election the convention promised an optimistic and uplifting message but it did not always sound that way
7: a lot of people saw a very dark picture painted last night about the democrats so that there were going to be vengeful mobs storming the suburbs that doesn't sound very optimistic
16: Now the Biden campaign responding, taking aim at the tone of the night, saying, quote, it was a parade of dark and divisive fear mongering.
24: As for the Biden campaign, it did release a statement calling the first night of the RNC dark and divisive fear mongering.
4: And of course, because it's okay to be racist, they then lost their shit pretty much because there was a naturalization ceremony. They tried to play it was the Hatch Act, but they also called those tokens. Tokens, because you gotta keep up that the R is racist.
28: We cannot let them take over our country. I heard the promises of Fidel Castro, and I can never forget all those who grew up around me, who look like me, who suffered and starved and died because they believed those empty promises. They swallow the communist poison pill.
10: Your thoughts on that, Anna?
27: Look, I thought it was—I uh, thought it was very powerful because it was very personal. He was very emotional. He was tearing up, uh, and it's a message that I can tell you resonates where I am in South Florida. It's a—it's a group, Cuban Americans, Nicaraguan Americans, that Donald Trump has targeted from day one. Uh, has come here many times to drive home this message, and this message of vote for Democrat X, Y, or Z and they will turn Florida into Venezuela or they will turn America into Cuba is something that Republicans have been hammering on for years down here and it works it there's a lot of of people who like me fled communism fled socialism and we are we have an emotional trauma with that if I can explain it that way it is not rational it is emotional there are fears because we lived it and Maximo Alvarez I think spoke to those people, there are. I think it's a, it's not a well-founded fear. I think it is crazy. I don't think there is a socialist or a communist bone in Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Uh, that being said, it works. It is a message of fear and division and angst and causing distress and nervousness and exploiting the trauma, playing with the emotions of people who've lived it in their own skin. It worked. So for me, that was what I thought was a very effective part, because I know it's effective.
15: But even worse, I think, was the naturalization ceremony that really stuck out to me tonight as the thing that is staying with me as I walk away from this. I mean, my mother did that ceremony. You know, when my mother came from Guyana, she was here for about 16 years before she um, became a naturalized American citizen. And that ceremony has such deep meaning for the people who become Americans. Donald Trump made that ceremony about him. He made that ceremony about celebrating Donald Trump. He did that ceremony inside of the White House when, as Jacob Soboroff reported tonight, other people who want to become citizens are being denied access to that ceremony. He's denying access to that ceremony to all of these other people, and he did one specifically for politics, specifically for his re He used those people as props. He used people that would be from the S-hole countries he would not let into this country. People who look like those people, who have the religions, perhaps, of those people, people that are brown like those people, are barred from getting into the United States. They're not allowed to come in because they're not from Norway. But Donald Trump used a color collection... A um, sort of crayon box of colors tonight to try to paint a false image of himself as welcoming to immigrants and welcoming to black people and brown people. It was offensive to see that done in the People's House. That The naturalization ceremony is a sacred thing to a new American. It is not about Donald Trump, and he made it about Donald Trump, and he used the People's House to, to, to sort of, you know, play politics with it. That's not a Barbie's dream house. That's the American People's House. There, there is also
16: first lady speaking as an immigrant about her American dream that's gonna be a fine line for her to walk given the fact that the president is running a a, a campaign that is very much anti-immigration.
6: The fact is that I think no matter where you go in this in this context when you're the president there's gonna be some criticism because of the attendant costs that go about moving the president and the and the Secret Service and all the rest Well, Well again
1: the Hatch Act doesn't apply to the president but it is against the law to use for government employees to use their job for political purposes. But uh, you and I were both shaking our heads as we were watching that. We served in the White House during a re-election campaign. Mm -hmm. Unimaginable. Again, there was no COVID then. Mm -hmm. Unimaginable you could use the White House. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, but this is breaking the boundaries of not just a Zoom-like convention. Nobody's ever used the platform of the White House. It violates a lot of laws.
0: He's still running an anti-immigration campaign, uh, but really, you know, the big picture right now is immigration is low on the list of concerns for voters as we're heading into this election.
25: There are strict laws in this country that govern the political activity of federal civilian executive branch employees. Never before have we seen a president use the majesty of the White House. Uh, a federal building in order to conduct political activity like that. You're going to hear this term, the Hatch Act, thrown around all the
0: time uh, by political pundits. But what it gets at is just this idea that using federal assets, which are paid for by us taxpayers in a political way, uh, is undermining of the institutions and democracy itself. I mean, what you're seeing there, it's also interesting that the acting secretary was just recently found to be unlawfully serving in the job he is was just introduced as as holding would you allow the White House to be used
25: to hold a political event? well
11: first of all
1: you're also John yeah I'm a lawyer
11: <laughs> John's right it's always a balancing act and when you're going into election there are all kinds of things you have to account for. Using Air Force One, I mean, how does the president get around? Well, he gets around Air Force One, and he parks it in front of an audience. The majesty of Air Force One is, is, is sitting there.
1: So but what do you need Republican to do? But
25: the Republican National Co- Committee reimburses That's right. So
11: that's what, is exactly what I was going to say. So you, you strike a balance and you pay for things differently. I'm sure that's happening as well in the White House. Second thing, you go to the Office of Special Counsel. And they write a letter, and they analyze it, and they say, you know, we looked at this, we've got a letter from an independent group of lawyers that say, you can do this speech from the White House. And then you also
1: have... Car-
4: they freaked out about the Act. I could play that too, but I won't, because, I mean, what's, what's the point? It's what they do. You can't step out. Don't you fucking step out. It's not authorized. And I could play Nick Salmon, who I thought did a great speech, and I loved how he put on his hat. Joe Lockhart from CNN. I'm not watching, I'm watching tonight because it's important, but I don't have to watch this snot-nosed entitled kid from Kentucky. I love when the mega legions of snowflakes come out when one of them's attacked. Their dear leader has personally attacked war heroes, gold star, shit-old countries, FBI, AG, women, they have a problem with that. Yeah, they're not kids, you fucking douche nozzle but now this news pulled out an Indian the Indian and had him come out not gonna play that they had a whole segment of him not bringing hate and love when he was a professional protester when Tucker Carlson is the only person I've seen because I didn't watch him back then literally play where they're calling him cracker bitch Going to rape your mom and all that shit, the black Israelites, and the actual audio of somebody going, We got him, as they walked away so they could use that politically. Because once again, they were professional protesters. He wasn't just an Indian playing bongos. But I will play this because this is all over the place. Everybody's doing it. I want somebody to tell me, Is this okay to do to people? Because. You're saying Sandman, a kid who just sat there with a funny smile on his face because he didn't know what to do with a bunch of adults acting like jackasses. You said that was horrible. But the BLM oathing motherfuckers in restaurants, this is okay, media? media didn't CNN didn't cover that you know damn skippy of a motherfucker called somebody the n-word on in a, in a football field it'd be on like fucking donkey kong you couldn't do that fucking shit but it's okay and if you're wondering he you could see it when he pulled away from the basket he said bitch ass white boy nobody seemed to care NBA sure didn't give a fuck, which makes you wonder, I mean, is this real or are, are we looking for equality or are we not? I, I'm just asking for a friend because I already know the answer. It has nothing to do with it. So we're going to play uh, the freak out of all freak outs. Here's uh Donna Brazil losing her shit and Yamachi cinder lying three fucking times about the rnc because god damn it it's better than we thought
2: of course you are. See, is my family out of this house without violence. No one is, anyone, is she she said, said. Says, say to saying me that, can Listen, this is Because you're me you are saying because that are to me. You to me. do You need to listen what you are to me. you. And to what you. do is what you. I not kill you to relate to. You. You to you. You are are right. mm. Hold on one
23: second. Hold on one second. So, Donnie, your point is you're you wearing 400 least. years. Exactly. So, let tell me ask you.
2: Don't, don't, don't be so condescending and patronizing I want and tell to tell me. Know. No. But tell no, no. me, i know tell what you Tell me the story of her answer. Let her, you. Let her you, she you She just is She just breathe, She, she not she, an so she let her Let her answer. you. she No, 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 Now, hold on. Did you put down
22: for Did you ignore 400 years?
2: Uh, you know, yes. I she did. Yes yeah, she are. did. She ignored ignores the reality me... of what is happening. She's ignored no, because the... they don't see it's, it. Yeah, no, Jerry, no, no, I see it every day. I right, see it, the no, body issue. Why but you got you got Brian, you got me yeah, up this morning to to let me listen to this dude. I do not don't recognize change. my existence. And, and you, you do not recognize not my existence, Sammy. You do not recognize my, my existence. I. I, you I see Let's just make it clear. We're reviewing.
13: Let's both calm
9: down. Let's just.
13: This is it. We brought you on for one reason: to talk about night one and preview night two. If we had the time. No one brought you up to talk about uh, not
11: acknowledging existence. We're talking about night one, how you interpret it, it's night one, how you interpret
20: it. Yeah. So I don't no, know how it got
18: over the
10: much. I want to bring back Yamish Alcindor, our White House correspondent, Lisa Desjardins, our Capitol Hill correspondent. Um, and and, and Yamish, what we are seeing is an aggressive attempt on the part of this party and of president trump to say i'm not a racist we heard that from Herschel walker a few minutes ago we're hearing now from from uh, state representative jones of georgia uh, to saying this president does have support among black americans um, to push back on the narrative uh, that they say is
25: not the whole picture about him
9: that's right, and the Republican Party as a whole in 2012 did a really long autopsy trying to figure out how to expand their base and how to diversify the party. Then came Donald Trump, and he did the exact opposite of what the party said. He focused on racial division. He focused on immigration. He called immigrants racists and criminals. He said we needed more police, not less police. And then, of course, while he's in office, President Trump has really, really beat up on the Black Lives Matter movement. He's called, it, he's called people anarchists. He's called them not good for America. Um, he's really called... Called into question whether or not people should be taking to the streets after we see deaths like Jacob Blake in Wisconsin or George Floyd in Minnesota. Um, So the RNC tonight is really trying to push back on that notion. But critics of President Trump say that no matter what people around him say, the president himself has really been the person giving his critics their ammunition. We can think back to his response after Charlottesville when he said there are very fine people that go to Nazi rallies. And even now, as we're in the midst of this racial reckoning, he's talking about the idea that he doesn't think that police reform or systemic racism is, is as widespread as Democrats make it be out
4: the scene i know the sound on that sucked but yeah that's that's our media right there you can do a direct correlation between things not going good poll wise for the left and nancy pelosi and donna brazil freaking the fuck out and it's not going well so let's go to just print stuff Fuck this bitch. Celeb hyenas assail floatus during RNC speech. Here is Sarah Silverman. I have to admit, Melania is a pretty sexy lying ass complicit pig. That's nice. Kathy Griffith verbally abused a first lady on Twitter while tweeting during the series. Seriously? Fuck this bitch. The real sensible things to hate someone for. Miss Griffin's addiction to calling her a racist liar and enabler. The always horrible John Cusack. Musing about Trump being called gr- call girl or a sex worker at one point in her life in his recent tweet. Wash it back to wrote. You know, she was a sex worker, and who knows the truth about such things, that's not what's wrong. It's being a racist liar and enabler. Yeah. Cardi B didn't she used to sell that wet ass pussy? Yeah. There you go. That's, that's nice. Let you say that about uh, Michelle Obama or Dr. Biden. Yeah. Not going to go over well. And then we have other articles. 11 Crazy and Love of Camellia. I usually play these, but we played most of them. Uh, number 11. Oh, Why is obama S. Kamala such a terrific conservative choice? Michelle Miller. Not, not at all. Mm-mm. I'm sorry, that was uh, Valerie Jarrett. I'm sorry. She said it. A defining moment in history. Each moment in history has a significance, but this is a defining moment in history. This is something that the history books will chronicle, and people look at this moment to see how to navigate for the future. She's someone who doesn't take tea for the fever. She can fight anyone at any moment. She can knock down the hardest or the staunchest person who's against Biden-Harris ticket or against the American public because she's staying next to Joe Biden saying she's part and trying to make this we the people. That was April Ryan. She's a journalist. Number nine, Harris has the skills to purge Trump White House, white nationalists from the government. Jason Johnson. We played it. Number eight, will Biden Harris be able to overcome the racism and sexism? Savannah Guthrie and Susan Rice. Uh, Harris punches through the Zoom, Anderson Cooper Trump will throw a kitchen sink of racism and sexism, Nina Malaki Henderson Harris nailed it, gave a fantastic speech for one of her finest performance, that same person. Mike Pence is shaking in his boots, said Douglas Brinkley. Going wild for a candidate who cares about equality, Mika Brzezinski. Biden plus Harris, hope reborn, said Van Jones. Trump is living every single day in fear of Harris, said Lauren o- Lawrence O'Donnell. That's our number one. Bonus quotes. Uh, smart Americans are ready for a dream team of Joe and Kamala. Host James Corden, big news today. Actors Jamie Lee Curtis, big news, big news, fabulous news. Corden, uh, we played it. And then, of course, The Purse, uh, some kid's Jessica Chanstein superhero doll. Then we have the top ten gushing over DNC and Joe Biden's finest hour. Number ten, marveling over Michelle. Allison Camerota, she, Michelle Obama, covered every base. She even went as practical as how people should vote in November, you know. John Berman, The Necklace. The Necklace literally said, vote. There was no subtly camarada which people are now clamoring for this morning, of course. I know I am, Berman said, because she wore it. Number nine, take us to shirts, Michelle, Joy Reid. Mich- uh, Maddo melts for Michelle. There's nobody like her in the world. She's got the sort of centered wisdom that I feel like she moves people in the way that other people don't do. Listen, I hate politics, but I've also seen the president close. If you think it can get worse, I'm here to tell you it can. Send chills. Threw me. Not down her leg. Number seven, amend the Constitution. We covered that. Six, wowed by Obama's chill-inducing and history-shaking speech. Anderson Cooper and Gloria Borgia. Number five, Democrats only once standing in the way of GOP's assault on the pillars of democracy, Joy Reid. Bafo review for Biden's speech from Andrea Mitchell. I have to say, having watched Joe Biden since the 70s, when he first ran for Senate, I've never seen him deliver a better speech. Oh, really? Because it was taped. He probably did 40 takes. When he talks and you say so optimistically, saying, are we the generation that can wipe the stain and raise him for a national character? I think we can. It was all hopeful, upbeat, optimistic. I sound like a presidential address rather than address to a convention. Chuck Todd waddles over. The Democrats have laid out a marker, and Joe Barn closed it very well. This is a unified Democratic Party, more unified than any of us thought it would be a year ago. Oh, really? Do you believe that, Chuck? Three, best speech ever. Jake Tapper, Wolf Blitzer, we covered it. Two, simple-minded Schmidt, Trump bad, Biden good. We played it. Number one, applauding Joe Biden's finest hour. This was his finest hour. Joe Biden gave what I believe was the speech of his life. I thought it was well-crafted, well-delivered, and a key message. I will be a Democrat candidate, but I will be an American president. He took it to Donald Trump, took the fight to Donald Trump. But this was ultimately a message of unity to the country. And I thought, again, the best speech I've ever seen him deliver John Carl. Hmm. So the RNC to just oppose. Here's the New York Times from Ben Shapiro. This New York Times rundown, speakers of day two Republican National Convention is hilariously biased. Like, laugh out loud. Here's a description of Nicholas Sandman. It doesn't tell the full story, I think. Sandman, a teacher teenager from Catholic high school in Kentucky who was involved in a confrontation with a Native American man in a protest last year. There's a lot of info me- left out. Here's the description of a mother who lost her son in a car accident with an illegal immigrant. Marianne Mendoza was someone killed in a car crash with an undocumented immigrant. She is a consultant to We Build the Wall, the group whose activities led to Stephen K. Bannon's indictment. ha <laughs> ha! Ben Shapiro, here's a description of a mother who lost her son. Okay, that's he repeated himself. Uh, Eric Trump, the president's son and executive vice president of the Trump Organization, was reported this week that the New York attorney general has asked a judge to order Trump to submit a questioning under oath. What has that got to do with his speaking? Uh, Melania. The first lady, while known for her Be Best campaign, she has kept a lower profile than many first ladies. Her convention speech in 2016 was lifted partly for Michelle Obama. you catch it?
28: Yeah, that's nice.
4: So much journalism, he said. Mass vigilante Phil. At the bottom of the piece, this is what it said. This is what the New York Times printed. Republican convention speakers mounted a revisionist defense of President Trump's record, and the party embraced the grievance of his base. They don't even cloak their bias anymore. Then you got Essie Cup. Used to be normal. Now she's a douche nozzle. Your job as a journalist is not to be liked. It's to hold power people in power accountable, even if it means they dislike you. If you have friends in high places. You're doing it wrong. Dan so O'Brien. I'm trying to figure out how to like this 700 times. The entire world. So what's your job as a democratic strategist? (laughs) Doug Bailey. No. You keep people informed with accurate, honest, unbiased information. That's a job, period. Then you can step back into your other role and with us, the people. We all will hold those in power accountable. You're the problem. You're journalists acting like celebrities. Cincy Browncoat, my favorite may want to talk to Nick Salmon about how that or have you and your colleagues forgot his name. Terry, this is so annoying and so you. It's a reporter's job to report the news unfiltered, not a journalist's job to tell Americans what to think. Since you are neither a reporter nor a journalist, I understand why the concept is lost with you. Lisa H. Turnage, so hold Biden accountable. And then John Carl, we just talked about him. The true must-read by Tim Alberta. Donald Trump's party is the very definition of a cult of personality. It stands for no special ideal. It possesses no organization principles. It represents no detailed vision for governing. And then the world decided to just go with Obama. You can go with BLM, you can go with PPFA, you can go with fucking Women's March, you can go with any of that shit. Their cult of personality. Czar Beckett Adams, the U.S. political party rallying around a Masonic figure whose only real message is this promise to change things for the better. I've never seen this before, ever, because you see, this is my first day on Earth. Also, the history of the United States must have began in 2017 for you dolts. And then Sonny McFunnyface did what I was going to do with sound bites, but he did it with pictures. Newsweek, the first gay president, Obama, with a rainbow halo. Rolling Stones, a new hope, a picture of Hillary, or of Obama, looking like a god. Barack Obama leads our Men of the Year issue on GQ. People, Barack Obama, a new day, the emotional gathering, the girls weekend, Michelle style secrets. Us, why Barack loves her. Time, great expectations. Esquire, ready, set, Obama. Newsweek, the second coming. That's what they wrote. Washingtonian, our new neighbor is hot. A picture of Obama at the beach. The New York Magazine, the first Jewish president. Obama's head with a yarmulke. Does anybody believe that? Time Magazine, the hope and change photo was their cover. Time for Kids, President Obama, a day in the life of American leader with a glorious picture of him smiling. And then even an article in Time, Raising Obama. Then he just went with photos taken by fucking photojournalists who are supposed to be objective with Obama with halos. There's one with the seal. There's one with the light. There's one with the seal again. There's one with this Hope and Change logo with his nose in the air looking down on all this bullshit. And then finally, Newsweek. God of all things. That was their cover. God. These people are fucking bat shit fucking crazy. Do you think any of us actually for a second don't remember eight years of Obama idolatry. You didn't report. You literally said you were tired because you had to do your job with Trump because you didn't do it for eight fucking years. Because most of our news is are this is America? Somebody going on MSD and scene wishing death to conservatives. This is America. Don't catch your slipping now.
14: Don't catch your slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch your slipping now. Don't catch your slipping now.
21: It's time for the last soundbite. Like the media say when they on. are pushing fake, liberal agenda no, stories.
19: And this is America this in 2019. America. Hey, guns in my
22: area. Are I got the stress. Hey. And, and my personal guilt is I'm, you know, Stewart was in Mississippi. I was in Massachusetts. I just didn't pay attention to those other Republican parties. I was surrounded by people like William Cohen. I'd grown up with the examples of people like Ed Brooke. Um, I worked for John Hines, uh, God rest his soul, of Pennsylvania, who today would have no home in the Republican Party. Um, And we didn't want to think about how the party was visioning and coming apart. And it's now dominated by uh, Donald Trump and by people who have bent the knee to Donald Trump. And once you do that, once you betray the Constitution, there is no coming back. The party has – the president has, I I think, is a binary choice – um, because at this point, um, you know, any any other choice um, really is almost inexplicable to me. This isn't a, a, a 1996 where you're picking between Bill Clinton and Bob Dole. This is really a time for choosing, but also that, that there has to be a voice raised and a vote cast against the enablers. Um, you know, we're all former, we're either current or former Republicans. We all have a sentimental attachment. To the Republican Party. We all loved old Yeller, but at some point you have to take old Yeller behind the barn and put him down. Uh, wow, that's that's uh, an analogy.
4: When we started this ride with Trump, we had the rhetoric. We had a baseball shooting and it was his rhetoric. All we talked about is rhetoric. But that's a daily occurrence. Daily occurrence. And this entire podcast is just the lack of fucking telling the fucking truth. They just can't tell the truth. And it translates into literally what I said. I, I didn't make it up. Let me read the actual because I talked about it earlier. Um, Nate, Sel- S- Nate Silver Fundamentally, the fundamentals are improving for Trump. The economy is getting better, although that could be threatened by congressional inaction. COVID cases are going down, although that could reverse itself at pretty much any time. And everything seems to be turning into the same numbers. They're separated by one point in the latest polls. He was up 15 points a month ago, my friends. 15 And you have to think those are polls done by people like Brian Seltzer, Chuck Todd. They're swayed left. They're always swayed left. And the most interesting thing is if you watch C-SPAN, they have a Republican, an Independent, and a Democrat call-in number. And invariably 70% of the Democrats said, I'm voting Trump because I can't handle my party right now. It could be Selection that they pick those people, but I don't think C-SPAN's goddamn own. To end on some odd stuff that I couldn't fit in because I couldn't get a woke section. Sad Trabone, Seltzer's Book, Hawking Show, Tanks, and the Ratings. On Sunday, Reliable Sources, CNN, Charlatan, Far Left Hack, and Fox News stalker Seltzer spent three segments hawking his now-released book Hoax, which appears to serve as an extension of his visceral hatred for Fox News Channel and painting as an existential threat to not only the free press, but America itself. However, when it comes to the ratings for last Sunday's show, viewers couldn't care any less. According to the Nielsen Media Sources, Media Buzz trounced Reliable Sources by 30%. 25.54 demographic, a 67% total viewers. That's sad, folks. Is what one would call a blowout low ratings are very on-brand trade for citizens of Zuckerville along with the fact that he enjoyed his litany of interviews on both CNN and fellow liberal networks but wait there's more as of the post-publication MRC VP for media and publication Brent Baker had over 588,000 views for his video tweet of Seltzer making the case for TV networks to muzzle portions of the RNC meanwhile Nielsen and Seltzer's rating at 1 million total viewers and 218,000 in the demo so Baker already got more views for a video tweet on his account of 4100 followers than Seltzer in the demo self uh and it's it's all about his book um let me do a google search this this could backfire for me but that's okay uh Brian Seltzer's book Brian Seltzer book let's see how it's selling Uh, hoax. Let's see. Let's go to Amazon. That'll be fun. Uh, on Amazon... What is his rating? Well, it's not ranked. It's a number 11. It's not even the top 10 on Amazon. And let's see its reviews. And it could be... Uh, it has two stars. Or three stars. Three stars out of five. 3.65. Uh, basically... Half the reviews are positive. The rest are not, which could be trolls. I mean, let's be honest. I'd troll it. Pew, 73% of Americans think social media sites censor political views. Are you sure? Uh, That's kind of a given. CBS, because you can never have enough wokeness. The racial origins of fat stigma. The whole story relies on one person as a source So bring us Strings, a sociology professor. Of course, it's a college professor who's black. Strings says that many of these ideas were taken up by Anglo-Saxon Protestants in the U.S. in the 19th century. What they wanted to do was show that they were both morally upright and racially proper in a way that they ate and how they maintained their figures. And so they're very clear that to be elite race and to be a Christian people means that you need to show what you could call temperance in face of food or restraint in a way we might think of today, because if you did not show temperance, that was evidence that you were one of those savages and also that you were unchristian. The problem with that is every paint painting in the world for Anglo-Saxon has fat chicks. So shut the fuck up. But that was a huge article they're pushing. All right, then we're going to go to our favorite narrative that came out, and I saved it for the end. One month ago, the mayor was saying in Portland, the feds need to get the fuck out, and so was the governor. Fast forward one month, and something doesn't quite add up because the feds have been gone for weeks. Let me be clear, it's time for the violence and vandalism to end so Portland can focus on the important work to be done to achieve real change for racial justice. Those who have committed acts of violence will be held accountable. Kate Brown, August 25th. Wait, wasn't it the federal officers are causing violence? Hold on a minute, I thought that the federal Leos left, there wasn't any reason for the riots to be violent, and then it all stopped, that's what the New York Times said. Trump's fault, remember? Fuseli Spock. The rioting has to stop. It's showing up in polling. It's showing up in focus groups. Don Lemon. We're going to play it in a second. While this further cements Lemon's status as garbage person, at least he can take some comfort in knowing that he's not alone. It seems like the animated concern of some folks is that the unrest could help Trump as opposed to, you know, stop destroying businesses, government property attacks, people assaulted or killed in the mayhem resulting from power vacuums and overwhelmed city streets. Guy Benson. Here's David Askelrod. The shooting by police of Jacob Blake was egregious and adds up to a righteous sense of moral outrage about these recurrent horrors. But make no mistake, arson and rioting played right into Donald Trump's hand and the primal fear message we heard so frequently last night. Somebody tweeted, arson and rioting are bad because it plays into Trump's hand, not because it's destructive, counterproductive, and dangerous. At Maswaswati. And that once again shows you what the left's all about. They don't give a fuck about people. They don't care about the middle class. They don't care about black people, gay people. They don't care about anybody. They care about power. And now all of a sudden, they give a fuck about the riots that have killed so many people, destroyed people's lives because of the polls. Here's Lemon and Cuomo at the circle jerk between shows that I talked about. They don't like it now, even though they supported it and said every white person in America is a goddamn terrorist and that not all punches are the same morally.
17: You have COVID and then you have Kenosha, Don. And what's happening in Wisconsin it's a Rorschach test for where this country is, and I think it probably represents the biggest threat to the Democratic cause. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's that because that we're reading the- from the same teleprompter no, that I took I'm your not. line. No, you didn't. That's, not, that's
14: all you. That all says, Chris, this is where I come in. We're, we'll get to that. But when you said it's too little too late, I don't know about that. I mean, we still have a lot of time left until Election Day, and I do think that... Uh, this, what you said, was happening in Kenosha is a Rorschach test for the entire country. And I think this is a blind spot for Democrats. I think Democrats are ignoring this problem or hoping that it will go away. And it's not going to go away. And so, unless someone comes up with a solution over the next 73 days, or 70-so, well, however many days. 68 left, days. 68 days. So it's not going to the, – the problem is not going to be – fixed by then, but what they can do, and I think maybe Joe Biden may be afraid to do it, I'm not sure, maybe he won't, maybe he is, he's got to address it. He's got to come out and talk about it. He's got to do a speech like Barack Obama did about race. He's got to come out and tell people that he is going to deal with the issue of police reform in this country, and that what's happening now is happening under Donald Trump's watch. And on Donald Trump's watch. And when he is the president, Kamala Harris is the vice president, then they will take care of this problem. But guess what? The rioting has to stop. Chris, as you know and I know, it's showing up in the polling. Mm-hmm. It's showing up in focus groups. It is the only thing, it is the only thing right now that is sticking. And the Democrats tonight stuck with that, Right? And they also stuck
4: with the theme that you said. The same night they're saying this, Kenosha is getting tore the fuck up. Tore up. And they don't give a fuck. They're still fucking saying, oh, it's, it's peaceful protesters standing in front of goddamn fucking burning buildings. They have fucking, they have fucking rooted for this over and over and over. They've been nonstop asking for this violence. And then all of a sudden they catch it. They are killing the Democrat party. I mean, folks, not one time did they talk about it in the DNC convention. Not one time. They never spoke about the violence. They just didn't. And it's on them. This is their violence. This is what they have wrought on America. These are their people. These are their fucking brown shirts. I mean, seriously. Does anybody in America not think this is the Democratic Party? You have been telling people since November... 2016 to get in people's faces. You've been saying all white people are racist and terrorists. You're saying anybody who's wearing a mega hat is a racist. Those are your words. That's what you've been saying. These are your riots. They have destroyed mostly African American and people of color's lives, their livelihoods have been destroyed by you. And all of a sudden, now because it's hurting in the polls, you care? Seriously. How do you say that? How? That's some evil shit. And more importantly, it quantifies the point that I make on the show for fucking at nauseum for those diehard listeners that have listened since I started this. They don't give a fuck about anything. All they want is power. They want control of the levers of Washington to make a America Something else. That's what it's about. It's not about taking care of a country or really, you know, wanting it better for the middle class and poor people. Because if that was the case, then Barack Obama was in charge for fucking eight years and was the most liberal president we ever had. He would have fixed it, but he didn't. He didn't fix it. He didn't fix anything. And it wasn't the Republicans' fault. Republicans didn't stop him from doing shit. That kind of shit never went up. He didn't lower taxes for the middle class. He didn't fix anything. This is fucking moonbat fucking crazy. But the RNC convention was exactly what I said it was going to be. It was going to be dark. It was going to be horrible. They weren't going to air it. And it still didn't help their cause. We'll cover the reaction to Trump's speech for day three in our next podcast. And you already know what it's going to be. Dark, divisive, dystopian. It's all the same words. They think it works, but American people aren't watching this. They're watching their streets, businesses, and towns get destroyed every time an African-American fails to do what the police tell them to do, grab for guns, or in this case, a knife, and literally deserve to be shot. I mean, let's be honest. This guy literally was a bad person. Sexually assaulting a kid and the media just let it go because of his skin color. What's more racist? That or tiki tortures in Charlottesville. What's more racist? You're literally doing everything based on the color of the skin. And nobody wants to talk about that there were people of color as the officers involved with it, for fuck's sake. But if you can say unarmed black man, you can further the cause of getting people out in the street, and you think that's going to make people vote your way. It's... Not working. A black lady that I follow on fucking Twitter said it right. BLM just creating racism. That's all they're doing. And if Nick Sandman is a horrible human being that doesn't deserve airtime as a kid who did nothing wrong and was accosted by professional protesters on the left that are not much different then what's happening right now in our streets with professional protesters accosting and being trucked all over the country to protest every fucking thing the left wants protests but it's okay to go make people take BLM oaths we started with an article about the cult of personality who's the cult now and this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Peaceful, free to share with family friends. Send comments to F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. FOP, podcast, gmail.com. Get the show on SoundCloud, Podcastic, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Downcast, Pocket Cast. Remember to check out the Twitter account at FOP Tony Reed. So we're going to go with the podcast probably Monday, 1 September, Year of Our Lord 2020, or the 2nd, one of those. Um, and like I said, we'll wrap up night three of the RNC convention and probably more riots and more death and more connage. Until then, make sure you disconnect from your, all your devices. Don't give the fucking yeah, yeah. Spend some time with your family and tune in for the next show. As always, thanks for listening. Take care.
21: Thank you for listening to Flyover Politic Podcast. Please check out our Facebook page at FOP Podcast and Twitter account at FOP Tony Reed. Remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count.
26: You learn.